0: Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker and you are listening to episode 280 of the podcast. Unless you're joining live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, assuming we're not kicked off of any one of those platforms this week. Today is Sunday, March the 27th. For all those keeping track, we're coming off of One Championship, One X. We're coming off of USC, ESPN 33, uh, UFC Columbus, uh, however you're calling it. However you identify with your, uh, with your card titles. Before we get into any of that, let me introduce my special guest co-host for the week, coming all the way from the crag cake state of Maryland, <laughs> the rap god of MMA Twitter. Oh. Uh- Tavon Anthony, Tavon, how you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Rap God, oh no! Don't say that. Uh, <laughs> don't say that to Bryce Mitchell or or uh, to uh, <laughs> or to uh, 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 Brian <laughs> Brian Keller. Don't say it to those guys.
0: You know what? I'll say it to them because <laughs> <laughs> here's you, and then here's everybody else rapping oh. about MMA. Hey man, you um, too kind. So you and I have interacted for some time on social media twitter maybe it's a year maybe it, it's a decade i don't know twitter time is like it, it's kind of like in its own dimension but on um, this is the first time we've ever actually spoken face to face so to speak yeah man <laughs> this is pretty cool <laughs> so welcome on um you and i have bonded over a couple of things mostly mma mm-hmm. um i happen to be a musician myself um I played uh, played bass guitar in uh, bands in college and stuff like that because everybody needed a bassist and I wanted to do something cool that gets you free beer. Uh, uh, essentially, that was essentially me in high school and college, yeah. Like, people found out I played guitar and bass and were like, hey, you! I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah, leave the guitar there. We, we're good. Bring the bass over. <laughs> um, And then you're a martial artist as well, mostly mm. Muay Thai. Uh, give mm. me a little on your, uh, your full spectrum of martial arts history um
1: full spectrum well i did taekwondo as a kid um that only lasted for so long because uh my mother she put me in there she knew i liked martial arts but mm-hmm. then she thought i enjoyed basketball more and like no that's not it i just like hanging with my friends they like basketball mm-hmm. i like this but nah, she took me out of that and then i i got back into um martial arts in 2016 it was on and off for me um, mainly because i had a i still had friends that trained i had friends that did jujitsu i had friends that wrestled i had friends that did kung fu karate and i would always move around with them so mm-hmm. uh that's what kind of kept like my interest there and then i had a couple of friends I went to high school with that um were pursuing mma careers um they they've stopped now one of them had a uh a moment in the cage um i could talk Mm -hmm. about it he hates it when i talk about it but uh he um those are the best stories oh my gosh like he hates it when i talk about it so i'll keep his name out but some people know it uh he he apparently talked so much crap about this one fighter and then he got kicked in the stomach and he hurled everywhere in the cage and yeah uh that was it was really ridiculous because um i was there and i didn't know i was the only one there that was like yeah i'm for this guy because i had no idea he talked all that crap and Mm. i was sitting in the section of the other guys like jim like (laughs) i was Uh. i was just sitting there i'm like why y'all looking at me so funny wait a second (laughs) but um but yeah no like uh guys like him he's still a cool he was still a cool dude though like to me at least but um he uh i would work out with him often and um i was like no i really want to get back into this like as much as i can and that's when I went to uh, Beta Academy in Washington DC um and yeah that was all she wrote. I was you can't you can't stop me now. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I see you getting to work in on on social media now, like getting a heavy bag work in when you can. it's, a, it's important. Got to you got to stay sharp, you know, however you can.
1: Yeah, and then you got to <laughs> The reason why like I get on the bag as much as I can now is because uh once i moved from dc i'm in baltimore now based in baltimore um and i took a little bit of time away from the gym Uh impact if you if you don't do that like it's it's like the first thing you kick it's like the biggest shock to your system Uh it's insane because um i i went back to visit the guys and uh, I did a workout, and they're like, All right, we're gonna hit pads a day. We're gonna do I don't know how many kicks. So I'm like, Okay, cool, but we're supposed to be focusing on power, or whatever. Uh-huh. And I kicked the first time. I'm like, Huh, that's this fun. feels different. I was like, All right, let's do this again. Bang! Oh, I used to do this every day.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so and yeah. It, it's a weird thing with like the shin calluses where they'll kind of like th- they'll always be there, but they'll kind of wear off. It's similar to playing mm-hmm. guitar with the. You know, if you don't pick up the guitar for a few weeks or whatever, like those strings will hurt a little bit.
1: Yeah, it'll it'll definitely get you because um, I'm playing bass for a metal band now. And uh, because I hadn't played bass primarily in a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, even then, like I'll practice with the guys, we'll do a show and then I'll just sit. I'll just sit it down because I'm mainly playing guitar Mm -hmm. and uh, recording and recording with that. But when I pick up the bass, I'm like, oh, I get blisters again. Mm. why do i get blisters
0: <laughs> um it's great. now for for a metal band do you play finger style with the bass still or you use a pick
1: i i do both it, it really depends like if like the last show i played with them it was her it was just horrendously cold outside so mm. by the time we got in the venue and i got there like right before we were supposed to perform so i'm like nah just give me the pick give me the pick mm. <laughs> i'm not yeah. gonna be fast enough but other than that normally i'm i'm just playing finger style i I, um, and the reason I play fingerstyle, uh, for metal is because one of my favorite bass players when I was growing up, he played. I, I have long because I haven't listened to them in a while. Um, it was a metal band called Galnerius, they are like power metal. And okay, I just saw him playing with all four fingers the, the entire time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this guy is insane, I like that. So, I, I really wanted to do it. So,
0: were they like one of these like Norwegian? Metal so, bands are from like somewhere So here? they they're from Japan but the style the style
1: was very very European like ah. so um mm-hmm. uh, it, it was something else. Now granted I I do I do love um bands like Opeth, Camelot stuff and and groups like that. Anytime they come around this area I'm seeing them so. Um, yeah.
0: Well, uh, speaking of music and being in bands, I hate to start the show off with a bummer, but something I wanted to talk about because I happen to be a big Foo Fighters fan, mm-hmm. and uh, I heard the news of their drummer, Taylor Hawkins, passing away at mm-hmm. just 50 years old. Um, I mean, the guy was like a superstar. He's mm-hmm. in probably the biggest rock band going right now, as far as like traditional rock bands. Yeah. Um, and uh, 50 years old, man. Just it and and i don't know what the cause was it seems like nobody really knows but um uh you get into much foo fighters yourself um
1: i listen uh definitely listen to uh to foo fighters i can't sit down and say that i've listened to an entire album at any mm-hmm. point in my life but i've heard many songs um and well first of all i was always a big fan of dave grohl anyway so yeah anything that he does like i was like okay i i i like him so Oh, Foo Fighters.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Wait, these guys freaking rock.
1: Um, So anytime they were on the radio, anytime I heard them in any uh, playlist, I always have a good time. Uh, Yeah, they just
0: kind of have that vibe where like they kind of make you stop and listen. Like if it just Mm kind of comes up, maybe it's not like on the forefront of your mind to to seek them out and listen to them. But like they have like that sound that just kind of draws you in.
1: Dude, big drums high energy and then they, first of all they're very eclectic they can do whatever they want to do uh-huh. and that's what draws me to the band like itself um also they're just very freaking hard working if you look at it uh yeah. <laughs> they, they're very hard working but um yeah man you know rest in peace to, to that man that is very young that is very run- young um in like just looking at human life i know not everybody a 100 years they don't but mm-hmm. when you look at 50 especially just so abruptly that's not that's not an old age man that is yeah. not so you especially
0: know. 50 today yeah you know, with like what we know about nutrition and mm-hmm. fitness and everything else um but yeah such a such a bummer man because he was just like such a vibrant dude like he was like you you hear him talking like you feel like you know him like you're mm-hmm. friends with him he just had that kind of energy he was also the drummer for Alanis Morissette for a long time her touring Mm -hmm. drummer um I don't know if that's a little known fact or not but um I think Dave Grohl wound up stealing him from her (laughs) um quick quick story the first time I ever experienced Taylor Hawkins and his drumming was uh Dave Grohl used to do these drop-in acoustic sets on the Craig Kilborn show, I don't know if you remember that show. I I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm definitely dating myself here, but a lot of people listening are like, "Who's Craig Kilborn?" So Craig <laughs> Kilborn would be the guy who came after the show that came after the Late Show. So it would be like Jay Leno, and then it was like Conan O'Brien, and then it's like, all right, for all you people with insomnia here's Craig Kilborn <laughs> and um <laughs> i guess Dave Grohl was buddies with him he used to just drop in and just do acoustic sets of whatever he would do like an elton john song to close the show or and one time he did stairway to heaven and it's just him with an acoustic guitar and taylor sitting behind him
1: so funny thing funny thing that i know exact i know exactly what moment you're talking about and that was like that was my first experience as well. Like, oh, really? yes, yeah, no, dead serious. Cause I'm sitting here like, what the heck is going on here? Cause they, you could tell th- they, they were kind of fooling around with it, but they were yeah. having so much fun. And I'm like, what's going on here? And yeah. I tuned in like, r- like right after they started. So I, I don't know what was going on. I had to, I had to have been tired cause I didn't know who they were at the time. Like I was yeah. just looking like, who are these guys up here acting a fool and like kind of just killing this right now. And I'm like, wait Mm -hmm. a minute. That was Dave Grohl. That was
0: Dave Grohl. And then I'm like, wait, sick drummer. (laughs) Dave Grohl is the kind of guy who kind of grew into his looks. He's he's like a handsome, like, you know, 50 something year old now, Mm -hmm. but he was kind of like gangly, goofy looking like early on. (laughs) But here they are doing this acoustic set and he, yeah, he's totally goofing around. Like he's, He's hitting, like, high notes and making them sound funny on purpose. And Taylor's just kind of sitting there yep, until, like, towards the end when the drums come in. He's got mm-hmm. a snare, a bass drum, and a hi-hat, I think. <laughs> and I was just blown away with the sound he was able to put out with just, like, a very minimal kit. Like, it, it was almost like an afterthought. Like, oh, hey, let's just have a drummer in on this acoustic set. And I, I remember, like, Dave... Like, the drums came in, like, right at the crescendo of the song, Mm. like, right before the solo comes in. And then Dave, like, kind of scats the solo. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, that's exactly what he did. That's what made it, like, so extra for me. That's why I was sitting here like, what the world? is, Because I remember that was around the time, that wasn't the time that I was learning guitar, but that's when I was getting into... Um, certain styles of music and mm-hmm. Stairway to Heaven was one of my favorite songs at the time um, specifically because of the guitar solo so I'm like this is an acoustic set they're doing this so is he about to like play the guitar solo like, like I don't know Latin style or something because I heard a, 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 a Latin version of it and yeah. I loved it so I was like what is he about to do and then he started
0: scatting it. I was like okay yeah. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous this is corny This is amazing. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The first thought is what? And then you're like, I'm into this.
1: Yeah, I'm into this
0: like this. This sounds ridiculous, but he's nailing it. (laughs) Totally nailing it. And I I just I was like, man, these two are something special together. Mm -hmm. So like I was I was a fan ever since that. But those sets on the Craig Kilborn show were great. Like there was one time he was doing Tiny Dancer. And he was just by himself, and you could tell he's reading the lyrics off a teleprompter. And he's just mm. playing. He's reading. And at one point, he's like, oh "My God, it just keeps going." Because, <laughs> You know, there's like 40 verses to that song. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I, <laughs> oh, if you
0: guys are a fan of Dave Grohl or Foo Fighters or Taylor Hawkins or any of that, go. I'll, I'll share. I'll share some of those videos on YouTube out on social media. But um, yeah, all right, so. For those of you who have fast forwarded past, uh, you know, <laughs> to musicians being nostalgic here, uh, we could talk about some MMA stuff. Uh, let's get into the. The drama, I guess, with uh, Colby Covington yeah, and Jorge it. Masvidal. Um, this happened, I, I think it happened after the last show because I don't recall talking about it. So Colby's out at a steakhouse in Miami. He comes outside and a, I guess a masked and hooded Jorge Masvidal sucker punches him twice and runs off. Um, and it's amazing to me that, that social media is so divided on this because mm-hmm. I guess Colby is just such a hated character. And I, I say character because I mean, obviously
1: we, we know, we know yeah. Any, anyone that, uh, that, okay. There are two types of people that hate Colby Covington marks and people who have no who have like literally no idea what really is going on mm-hmm. like at all and the difference because you know a mark can be a person that's just you know okay they they they've fallen for it but yeah no they just fell for it i know people that are like i've heard about that Kobe guy and i'm like yeah you heard about it you haven't watched anything you don't really know anything about mma news and that's why mm-hmm. you're mad at a guy that you don't even know
0: <laughs> yeah but um um Bad motherfucker, as far as a professional fighter. Oh, one hundred percent. Black belt and getting under people's skin. Yep. Um, and the the main point I saw that that you know people who were defending these actions by Masvidal were like, well, you shouldn't talk about people's kids. Now, yeah. I I agree. Yeah. But I I tune out a lot of the drama. so I kind of asked social media. I'm like, what? What exactly do you say about his kids? And the general response seemed to be that most of what he said was calling Masvidal a deadbeat dad. Mm. That, I feel like, is fair game. If you're attacking his character and his, like, it's still, like, gray area. Like, you shouldn't touch people's relationships with their kids. But, like, he wanted to make it personal. He wanted to get under his skin. All right, mm. fine. I I didn't hear anything he said about Masvidal's children specifically. specifically. But maybe, maybe there was something, like, off record maybe when they were in the cage it was like oh you know your daughter is this and this
1: um like yeah if that's the case then why don't well, yeah like why don't you say what he said yeah that, that's the main thing
0: and and the my my thing is you had twenty five minutes to beat up the guy legally you couldn't do it and not only that I don't know if you're aware of this Tavon but uh Florida is what's called a mutual combat state So if you and I see each other on the street and I say, "Hey, let's fight," and you say, "Okay, we can legally beat the piss out of each other," right in front of the jail.
1: Yeah, no, nobody (laughs)
0: goes to jail. Um, so he could have waited for him outside of the steakhouse and said, "Like, all right, bitch, let's finish this." But instead, he had a, I guess, a disguise and a sucker punch. And some people are still yelling online, like, "Well, the streets be like that." (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, but it's like
1: now you now you caught a charge. It's like that's not here's, yeah. here's my thing. I all right. So I was fortunate. I have um just just a little background about me. Like uh I have two older brothers that that um they were gangster because they had to be. They are. If you see them now, you're like. These guys, they're like mm-hmm. the, the daddest men on the planet, like Max Holloway. <laughs> like, like houses, picket fences and everything It's just like, yeah. But growing up, they had a significantly different life than than I had, which is why I call myself hood adjacent. I never grew up in the hood. none of none mm-hmm. of that. But I was around it. I grew up in southeast D.C. I know how the streets be. I know. Mm-hmm. But here's the truth of the matter. Jorge is from the streets, yes. You're a millionaire, dude. You also have you have people around you. I'm pretty sure you have friends, advisors. Um you it's not like you don't know the laws of your state. You have so much information coming at you. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not going to jeopardize anything of mine mm-hmm. um just because I want to, you know, prove a point. I get it. You might you might be upset. But like you said, he literally could have just went like, so you want to handle this out here? If -hmm. you want to do it that way, you had to run up and sneak the guy, uh, which uh, it's like, I see both sides, but I just don't see the sense that that's, that's not, I wouldn't have went about it that way. Like I, I got people that if I see them, I'm, I'm probably going to do something, but I'm probably going to say, Hey, what's good. Like either that let's do it here or let's go to the gym. Like let's figure this out. But yeah, I'm not doing that. And you're supposed to be the baddest man. Like, if you, if you, if you're the baddest mother ever, why are you sneaking, guys? That doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time justifying it. Like, it's, I'm a fan of Masvidal. I'm a fan of Covington as a fighter. Like, Mm -hmm. as far as whatever they do outside, like, they're, they both have like their political agendas and like their, their characters. Because like Masvidal has become a bit of a character himself. Like he's yeah. become he used to be like the quiet, like get your lunch box and go to work kind of fighter that would just mm-hmm. get in there and be gritty, like wouldn't really say much of anything. And now he's become, you know, he transformed into the street Jesus. He um, realized
1: something had to change. He realized something had to change to get what he wanted. And now he's got what he wanted. And uh, look, everything that reaches a certain point. Everything that goes up must come down at some point, and uh, this this might be a part of the come down. Like,
0: yeah, it's I, and and for everyone defending him on social media, like, oh well, Colby doesn't understand the streets. He shouldn't have said this and that. Like, all right, but you're not going to be doing 15 years potentially. <laughs> yeah, <is>. yeah, like <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> and if he's that concerned about his kids for the fact that you can't say anything about them, now he's not going to see them no, not for see- like a decade.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, dude, this is this is this is not the same as say the Kane Velasquez scenario. Kane mm-hmm. did what most men outwardly say they would do. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly, right? He actually went and did it. This yeah. is a scenario where you had plenty of other options. Like now, Grant, it's like the Kane have another option, yes, but masvidal specifically had he he could have said something back you're basically telling me like you you lost a fight in the cage a legal fight Mm -hmm. you're you're pissed about that you and your butt hurt like yeah okay the dude talked about you if he said something specifically specific about your kids i almost i almost feel like He could have contacted that man and they could have came to some other type of, you know, situation outside of that. I feel like I feel like they could have. I really do. I don't I just don't see the point. I don't see the point in running up on somebody who's enjoying their day and doing that because it's like, okay, the streets be like that. Okay, do you understand how violence works? Like Kobe did the legal thing, which is, all right, screw this. I'm just going to press charges. Um, Some people calling them a wuss because of that, this, that and the other. Um. Okay, would you rather that happen and we try to bring this to a halt or would you rather him do dirty stuff too and then it escalates and escalates and escalates because that's how the streets
0: work. The stuff doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, then, you know, weapons start getting involved and...
1: Yeah, and I don't want to hear anything about that. It's like, why are you rewarding people or, like, trying to defend fighters who do this for a living? Like if you want to go to war, go to war, go ahead, you know, sign Mm -hmm. up for the military, get your ass out there. If you want to just run fade, but, and even then you still ain't doing that on your command, but, but I just feel like if I get paid to do something, I'm not going to go outside and do it for free. That's one. Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. And I'm the type of fan, like, uh, I watch this as a martial artist, like for Mm -hmm. the art of it, I I never am watching a fight and thinking like, oh, I hope this guy gets hurt. Yeah, no. Like, I hope this guy gets knocked out. Um, even there was a guy who used to be in the UFC named uh, Greg Hardy. And um, <laughs> a lot of people had felt certain kinds of ways about him. And now he's not in the UFC anymore. I'll mention his name. My way of of like showing my disgust with it was just to never mention his name. I would actually skip over any fights he had like while doing this show and just not talk about it because of his history with yeah. uh domestic violence and, and things like that. But I would never think like, Oh, I hope he, I hope they put him in there with Derek Lewis and he gets knocked out. I hope that like these opportunities just go away for him. Like, mm-hmm. that's my hope. I, I never watch MMA hoping to see somebody get hurt. And I realize that's part of the appeal for a lot of people. Like people want to see the gushing blood and like the broken limbs. And like, you know, there, there's a, possibility of seeing something extraordinary every time you yeah. watch the sport which is what makes it exciting but as far as like wishing harm on someone in or out of the cage it's never mm-hmm. been about that for me i have a feeling you're on the same page but yo i'm definitely
1: on the same page i don't think i've ever watched a fight and really hoped somebody was gonna you know i never hoped anyone was gonna get hurt i don't wish mm-hmm. harm on people i don't do I, I just I just don't I, anybody that gets in that ring or the cage I don't have to agree with your lifestyle I don't have to respect you but I will respect the cage you're in there do your job you know that, that yeah. that's it um but you yeah, know like even with the Greg Hardy scenario I, I, I was a bit of the same I was a bit of the same like I mean even with the raps like yeah I'd rap about this fight uh get it going but uh, I never really wanted to focus on him it's like okay you look at his history uh, especially when he first came in. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, he did what he did. Now he's here. He's trying to make an honest living. Whatever. It's like, okay, yeah. like, cool. I don't have to be invested that way. If the man want to fight, he want to fight. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like, but
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be one thing if he, like, did some time, but he was he was convicted you and then walked. acquitted, you essentially acquitted after, which says, like, somebody was paid off or somebody was threatened. Like, that's. One of the two. It, yeah it's one of the two but um let's get off the negative stuff yeah uh, i want to talk to you a little bit more about your raps because you have you've gained some popularity on twitter specifically for doing these prediction raps mm. where you have a backing track and you somehow rhyme the name of every fighter with something and actually make really good predictions <laughs> that, are, <laughs> that are well thought out um And and like you're justifying how you came to your decisions through music, which is mind blowing to me. So my first question is, how long does it take you to put together one of these? Because I imagine you have, you know, linguistic skills to kind of, you know, put the wording together. But as far as like diving into the card and like deciding who you're going to have, you know, who you're going to predict as the winner, how long does it take for it to come full circle? Uh, full circle. Well, normally uh, it's around.
1: Uh, I- I'm looking at fighters all the time, but uh, it's about around fight week where one, I start making decisions like, OK, who do I think will win and why? Mm-hmm. This is this is this person's strength. This is their weakness. But this is something that I've seen change in the past three fights, whatever. You know, I- I'll do that. But when it comes to specifically the music And then when I start writing, I'll make – nowadays, because I try to keep myself a little more structured, I'll make the beat um, or I'll make the music, like, the night before I decide to start rapping. I won't really uh, write a lyric specifically until – let's put it this way. If the card – I mean, if I drop the video, like, a couple hours before the card – Mm-hmm. i probably wrote it that day <laughs> i oh, probably shit. i probably woke up and said all right mm, uh, mike let's go
0: <laughs> here go, I, here right? i am thinking like the fight gets announced and you're already like all right it's three months out Let me see. What, <laughs> no, can, like, what rhymes with volkov <laughs> oh man the so funny thing the
1: first couple of videos i've done uh where i was predicting them i made the beat and and uh did the l- lyrics and like an hour. And that was because it was just it was just an idea. I was just filling out something. I'm like, all right, well, maybe people will like it. I think you know we can have fun with this, you mm-hmm. know. So let's see what happens, put together a little beat. And then I'm like, okay, uh, I would write a couple of actually the first video in general, it was really just notes I just had on my phone. Like, okay, this person wins, say something about this. And I was just looking like, uh-huh, I think whatever. Yeah, who you got? Oh, this, 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 this. It was just notes, really. But um, nowadays, yeah, I'll write the lyrics. Probably either the day of, if the video comes out close to the card, or I'll do it the night before.
0: So Awesome. Well, yeah. if you guys haven't heard any of Tavon's uh, MMA raps, you have to check them out. Is it, I want to say Aoxis? You got it. Did I? You got it.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, oh,
0: yes. Dude. I'll drink to that. Let me
1: tell you something, man. Yeah, where's Mike? Ah, I left mine downstairs. Dude, funny thing. I was at a show um, the night before last night, and um, there was a guy that saw me perform at this convention called BlurCon, Con, mm-hmm. and he came up to me, and he was like, yo, you're Axis, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. And then his friend came around. Nah, that's a Yoxis. I was like, yeah yeah, yeah, i was like oh that's correct you know what follow me on social media let's uh (laughs)
0: yeah um that was funny uh so can you spell it for the folks uh a e o x i s so yeah definitely definitely follow the man and uh listen to his prediction raps here's my next question Mm -hmm. have you ever altered a prediction because it would make the rap better like you thought one guy was going to win, but it's like, it would flow better if I just like picked him instead. Mm. I thought about it. I thought about it one time.
1: Um, it, it was a specific fighter. It was a specific fighter, but he had like a, a very strange name. I'll get it to you when I can. Cause I, I'll just look at like my old, um, I have I actually have a notebook where I keep most of, um, the lyrics that I write down. If I decide to write them, um, and i'm pretty sure it's in there but uh no no i haven't done it but i thought about it i've definitely thought about it i'm like oh, okay. this, this,
0: I'm... this this line would sound so dope and then i'm like yeah. ah. I, i've wondered that i wondered like hmm is this really what he thinks or is it just <laughs> does it just make it flow better cuz here's my thing if i pick something specifically
1: cuz it flows better and then that guy gets flatlined i'm going to be upset
0: with myself and i don't want to be yeah. upset with myself because not only are you super creative with these things, but your predictions are usually pretty good. Pretty like okay. you, 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 I've got had some bad nights, but well, haven't we all? Yeah. I I personally don't gamble on mm-hmm. MMA because if I put money on somebody, they're guaranteed to lose.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't gamble uh, much in general, um, especially not on fights because I'm like anything can happen. Anything can mm-hmm. happen. Funny story. Uh, I remember when. Uh, and i'll make this one quick i remember when mcgregor was about to fight habib and my older brother who's never bet on an mma fight in his life but he is a betting man Mm -hmm. he calls me and he's like look i'm about to put the house on connor i was like i was like listen um i love you um but I don't want I'll- you to move in with me. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, I was like, unless you're willing to lose that house, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He was like, that's your boy. I was like, yeah, but you don't know who that other guy is. <laughs> now, we know Connor is a master of putting the bar high and somehow knocking it out the park. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what's going to happen this
0: time. Yeah yeah um you did your brother a favor there i get people that that text me all the time i have buddies who are big gamblers but don't Mm -hmm. watch mma and they'll be like hey i just put you know whatever on this guy what do you think and i'm like i think you just lost your money (laughs) (laughs) because but you know sometimes they actually make money because guys who are good at gambling they're good at just like looking at the spread looking at the numbers Mm -hmm. and and just i don't know it, to me it's like watching somebody solve a rubik's cube in five seconds like i i could fumble with the thing for for a day and a half and and not even get one side complete and Like then it's you see just that not, one
1: guy that's not even looking at it
0: oh yeah and it's like <laughs> oh it's an algorithm <laughs> like all right um but i i go to my buddy dan tom i don't know if you know dan um mm-hmm. he's he's worked for mma junkie and he's been on this show a couple of times he's just like good with the the betting he's like and you got a hedge here and you got a sprinkle here and i listen to him talk and i'm like yeah i could be a millionaire and then i completely forget everything he said and i'm yeah, like no, no Look, can gambling
1: pro gambling is a whole nother ball game man whole nother ball game
0: uh last thing we have a, a question from one of the the live listeners, Mark Fellows, who joins us all the way from down under in Australia, is rapping <laughs> harder when the card is full of those tricky Eastern European names. And I noticed you didn't do one last week. And I was kind of wondering, hey, um, this, this card is.
1: <laughs> no, I, I actually wanted to. Uh, I'll be completely honest with what with what happened, especially for the last couple weeks. And I won't stick on it too long. Uh-huh. Just went through went through a little bit of a, de- a depressive phase that's just what happened i had to start mm-hmm. t- sitting back on a couple of things but no i'll be back but to answer that question no that makes it more fun for yeah. me that makes it way more fun like the only time it gets harder is if like it's the, it's the reason i've never done a one fc card It's because when you start bringing in tie names and stuff like that that's when i'm like oh hmm. no <laughs> but um no like Uh, most of the like the european names dagestani names and stuff like that like i love it i love it i'm like oh i can i could definitely do that because instead of just finding one word to to like rhyme with like nirmaga madov you can you can put together a whole sentence that rhymes with that like that ends up with that so it's like no this is this this is good
0: (laughs) okay well there you go there's your there's your answer we got um Frequent listener here, Bruce Bob Trotter, who says Dawkins be running back to the cops, begging for his job back ASAP. He's more used to fighting with guns; more comfortable for oh, him no, that come way. Come on, don't do him like that.
1: <laughs> don't do him like that. Listen, he he's a good fighter, but he
0: needs to be a middleweight.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking.
0: But... I mean, yeah, <laughs> maybe not a middleweight. Maybe uh, light, light heavyweight. heavyweight.
1: Light heavyweight. Look, his. <sighs> He has fast hands for the heavyweight division. He uh-huh. has fast hands for the heavyweight divisions. But when you start facing these hammers, like look at the guys he's look at the guys he's losing to, man. Curtis Blades. Derek Lewis. Lewis. Like these are t- these are top of the food chain dudes, man. Like, uh-huh. so it sometimes you're in the right division at the wrong time. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest.
0: Yeah. And, and heavyweight is one of those divisions. Like there's a reason the longest title streak is three. Yeah. Uh, like it's just <laughs> like everybody has that power.
1: Yeah. The mark like error is not your friend like at all, at all. Anybody can knock you to the high heaven. So now, granted, I I probably wouldn't have predicted a, a TKO by Curtis Blades or if I would have it would have been like, oh, he took him down and ground and pound him, TKO, straight up like that in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? But, hey, look, we got a, we we got a different fellow here. But yeah. also, this is how I'm looking at it as well. Curtis Blades, for people to not like his style, I don't understand why people don't like him. Mm-hmm. This guy will fight anybody. He fought Francis twice and, and darn near wants to do it again. So it's mm-hmm. like, He's like, I'm ready to go. That's not a guy that you really want to just go up in there and think you're going to run through. Like you're, you're not yeah. gonna unless you have Derek Lewis power, unless you have Francis
0: power, and you still got to hit him on the button. Yeah, I I can tell you why people don't like him because mm. it's not about being a bad dude. It's not about getting the finishes. One, he's stigmatized as a wrestler, so that yep. automatically works against you. Yep. Two, he's not great on the microphone. You know, yeah, he's no, got, no. you know the The stuttering mm-hmm. is not doing him any favors, mm-hmm. um, it, and he just doesn't have that personality that that people connect with. I yeah. love Curtis Blades because I one I love wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Two, I don't care what you do on a microphone, but um, you know that's that. That's why he just doesn't click with the people. Um, <sighs> Man, I I
1: I really. I really want people to like just get over that. Like for me, I remember I used to be kind of that way too, like, oh man, the wrestling are on the floor or whatever. But mm-hmm. here's my whole thing: if something works, this is competition. Mm-hmm. This is competition. I don't care if I come in and for some odd reason um punching this guy on the shoulder. Knocks him halfway across the ring. If that's what I gotta do to implement my game plan, that's what I'm gonna do. I don't care how stupid people think it is. I don't care if I gotta be like this and then for uh-huh. some odd reason it opens the guy up. If that's what I gotta do, that's what I'm gonna do. Wrestling works. If mm-hmm. you don't like it, find a way to stop it.
0: Yeah. What, what you gonna do? Yeah, I'm I'm so much on the same page that I'm I'm also against uh stand ups and I'm against referees breaking up clinch exchanges i think they should just be there to keep it safe and not get involved yeah i mean so
1: stand-ups for me i'm like i'm on and off the fence mainly because if a person is wet blanketing a guy but he really and i mean he really is not progressing no advancement in position no nothing then i'll be like all right well you either have no idea what you are doing or you got to take down and now you're you're just in no man's land Mm -hmm. why'd you go for the takedown in the first place if you're not going to try to advance position that's the but that's it but if it looks like if it looks like nothing is going on but i see this guy trying and the other guy's just not letting them yeah let them work let them work clinch clinch um breakups i I don't think you need to break up a clinch at all like at, at some point something's gonna happen
0: yeah yeah, I'm I'm huge on clinch. I I think it it should be allowed to go for a whole round if it has to. Mm-hmm. Um as far as like the guy on top not doing anything, I blame the guy on bottom just as much. Yeah. Like if if you're too afraid to open up your guard and you're just because you feel like you're going to get your guard passed, like that's an issue. That's a glaring hole in your game and also you're just relying on the referee to come in and save you. Like if we're trying to simulate an actual fight here, like you'd have to do something to get up. Yeah. So that's where I am with that. And this it's funny. This I, I usually don't have the commentary on and, and not because I dislike any of the commentators. I just I don't like being influenced because I like to watch, just see the action and then be able to come do the show the next day and, and just give my take on it. Because, you know, even if it's subconsciously, if you're listening to the commentary, like you're absorbing opinions. Mm. Um, this was a card where. Like not by any fault of their own, not because DC and and Bisping aren't great commentators, but (laughs) the card, the way the card played out and, and the interviews and everything just made them look foolish because like in this fight, they're like, well, Curtis is probably going to lull him into a boxing match and then he's going to shoot for a takedown. Well, he didn't shoot for a takedown in the first, but he's definitely going to shoot for one in the second. It's coming. He's going to change levels. And Curtis was like, no, I'm good. (laughs) but I I would argue that he actually did win this fight with his wrestling because Dawkins was not willing to get in the pocket and he was swinging from way far out because he didn't want Curtis Blades to change levels and get under his hips. And the final sequence showed that where he completely misses with the jab and then swings wild with the overhand and Curtis just steps in and throws the right down the pipe. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's all she wrote. Listen,
1: Um, listen
0: um actually i think what is it no i,
1: I know chael Sonnen and says this a lot you want to know what's more powerful than the takedown the threat of the takedown yeah if that if you come into a fight and that's the one thing on your mind your striking is about to be limited because you're like okay if i do anything i'm uh, now i'm insecure i'm anxious yeah. and now i have to fight like this well you just made the other guy's job so much easier uh-huh. <laughs> you're scared you're scared so uh, no he's he's going to fight a regular fight and you're fighting a compromise fight and yeah no that's exactly what happened i'm like uh-huh. i'm like oh god this is this is not gonna go well um which is funny because i'm like well some people were trying to bring up the fact that you know chris is good on the ground he's 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 a good jujitsu player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, this is heavyweight, and mm-hmm. it's um not going not for nothing. When you got a good wrestler, position sometimes doesn't position over submission will keep him out of a lot of trouble. Yeah. So it's it's like that's not where he wants to go. That's and not it's where not like
0: Curtis has no jujitsu, yeah, he exactly. Got- <laughs> You know, I I had a jujitsu coach one time who said that, like, if if you have collegiate wrestling, you're pretty much automatically a blue belt. Mm. And I I, I think that's fair. I mean, we saw Ed Ruth, like he got his blue belt and he was going to jujitsu tournaments and just smashing dudes (laughs) like in the gi and everything. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Dawkus is, you know, he's a black belt. But like you said, this is heavyweight. How many heavyweights are good off their back? I mean, you can make. Probably count on one hand. You had like Redoom, Noguera, Frank Mir. Uh, yeah. I. Yeah, Frank Mir until Brock
1: Lesnar put his chest on him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That'll, now, that'll you mean. It, now you got
1: now you got two hundred eighty pounds on you. What you gonna do? <laughs>
0: yeah. At blue belt, Brock Lesnar at that, <laughs> so, <laughs> to show how little uh jujitsu means at heavyweight. Um, but ahead. yeah, you have those handful of guys who were like real technicians. I would put mm-hmm. Stefan Struve in there too. Mm-hmm. He had a few mm-hmm. submissions off his back. Those like his legs are taller than me. Yeah, he
1: can. You can get away with that when you have limbs that long. <laughs> you can.
0: Um, but yeah, even Dawkins's camp, the game plan, they were like, oh yeah, well we've been working submissions off our back. We've been working, uh, you know, our get ups from the bottom. And, you know, we're going to we know we're going to get taken down. Like, did you know Curtis Blades had hands? Yeah, probably not. Like, why is this not common knowledge yet?
1: Oh, you're a kickboxer now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you can't forget that. Like, it's like I get it. Like, you know, people see him. They see him wrestle. They see that's how he can dominate most folk. But if you completely take out the idea that this man can actually hit you if he wanted to, Mm -hmm. he's not. They're acting like they're acting like he just came from the Olympics and never put on a boxing glove a day of his life and just walked in the cage. Like that's not who that is. This is an athlete, and (laughs) he is a he is a well rounded mixed martial artist. Period. Yeah. So you nah. Yeah, I think they if that was their game plan, like they, they compromised their fighter. Like that's, uh-huh. that's what happens. A, a camp isn't just about, you know, trying to sharpen skills or get you conditioned physically. It's yeah. like whatever you're working on that messes with your mental as well. Like if you're specifically, okay, we're working on uh, take takedown defense, we're working on uh, getting up off our back and we're, we're going to keep on drilling, getting up off our back. Now you're telling your fighter that this is going to happen Mm -hmm. and this is mainly the only thing you need to focus on because oh no everything else is going to be fine everything else is everything else is cool but this is what you need to focus on so now that's where your mind is you walk in that cage i'm gonna get taken down so let me just stay out here stay out here yeah there you go
0: yeah and and you know to bring up the conor and khabib fight like conor came in with a completely different body type he was a lot thicker yeah hell he was doing a lot of grappling but then on the feet you know, Khabib dropped him with the hands because he wasn't focused on his game. And that's where, you know, guys get in trouble. Same thing, same example, uh, Anderson Silva and Chael Sonnen. You yep. know, Anderson thought Chael was going to take him down right away. He drops him. Uh, I think he was in the first round with a left hand. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, no. that's just the way it goes sometimes. So as far as what's next for these guys, obviously, you know, Dawkus is still a top heavyweight. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he'll get. He's not gonna be a main event again anytime soon, but you know, they'll 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 build him back up. I feel like I feel like they're invested in those boys, the Dawkins brothers. But mm-hmm. now we have heavyweight, which was a division that kind of seemed like it was drying up, you know, after DC left, and you know, it, and there's nobody to fight in Ganu, and like well, oh let's push this rivalry with Cyril Gan, but really there's nobody. Now we've got Ty Tuyavasa, who Mark is asking. Uh, who should fight him for the interim title shot. We've got Cyril Ghosn still lurking in there. Now we've got Tom Aspinall. Curtis Blades is relevant again. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think you could put Blades in the title picture until who's uh, not the champ anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, and Stipe, I don't know. It. Th- this was the other awkward thing with with DC last night, how he was trying to set up a fight between Blades and, and Stipe, and I think that was kind of pushed by the production truck, where he was like, Hey Curtis, Steepe is here. And then he's like, Uh, oh, he was right here. Oh, he's over there. And his back is to the cage. He's taking pictures of fans, <laughs> like trying to build some heat. And then Curtis is like, Stepe, I respect you so much. I might have to fight you, but you're one of the best ever. <laughs> and it was uh, just a total failed attempt at trying to <laughs> trying to put that fight together.
1: You can't but see, with certain fighters, with certain people, you can't put that type of spotlight on them because it's not going to go your way (laughs) it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go not everybody first of all dc should have known that dc is a dc is one of those people you can put the spotlight on and he'll make it happen he could do that curtis ain't the person to do that you Mm -hmm. can't even even if Stipe was in the ring, that, is, that isn't the guy you do that with. Even with him, it's like, all right, Stipe, who you want next? Uh, you know what it is. Um, is. I'm just going to – okay. Uh, wh- whoever, garble, whoever. Garble, garble, garble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do, you... do you remember that interview where you didn't understand a word he was saying? It was.
0: Uh, you mean everyone he's done? <laughs> there was one in particular. They were like, so how do, how, do you, how do
1: you feel? I was like, yo, he is on a high. I don't think he even knows – what he's saying <laughs> right
0: yeah. now like if the Flintstones <laughs> had their own language Stipe would speak it would be it. <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh my gosh and and I love Stipe but mm. and here's what I wonder because he's a firefighter just became a full-time firefighter now I think he was mm. doing it part-time earlier mm-hmm. um something I talked about on the show before I was a volunteer firefighter for seven years uh, when mm. I lived back in New York mm-hmm. um it's really hard when you're inside a burning building to hear somebody talking on the walkie talkie. So I can't imagine that he put Stipe in a position where he (laughs) needs to be communicating over the radio because (laughs) it like hearing somebody on the walkie talkie in, in your fire gear and you've got a respirator on and, and everything's going on around you. It sounds like a subway conductor already, Oh, and then man. like Ed, or maybe it's the opposite where like is garbling and like the the transmission signals and everything makes it come through clearer maybe Oh no
1: <laughs> they they set it at a certain frequency and somehow he sounds just clear as day
0: we got Stepe oh, in there turn to channel 8
1: <laughs> Oh that would be oh that would be just Oh that would be a hell of a situation you're in here god dang it, the fire <laughs> Uh, which way do i go
0: yeah and then uh, like stipe is in there to save your life and he's like trying to tell you how to get out and you're like what (laughs) it's hot where do i go just point
1: yeah at that point no don't give me (laughs) points have like pull out your phone show it to me you know (laughs) i don't know man that'll be crazy but yeah like um yeah i don't know what they're going to do like with Curtis Blaze versus Stepe Miocic. I, I mean, I'd like to see it, but yeah, that was just a that was the wrong time to try to push that fight. Um, if they're
0: fighting tomorrow though, who you got?
1: <sighs> Curtis Blaze Stepe Miocic. Oh, uh, kind of hard to choose who I got.
0: It's a tough one. They've got like yeah. very similar styles.
1: Very similar styles, um, and then it's not like I think for real. I think that would be a
0: oh. All right. Here's maybe an thing about that. Here's maybe an easier one. Uh, if you have to do so is not going to fight until next year. He's already kind of stated that he's going to have a surgery and, and yeah. he's just waiting out his contract, whatever else. Mm. They're going to have to do an interim title. Who, who are you putting in that spot?
1: In the interim spot? Um, well, I would... It's funny because I, I know some people were talking like Tui Vasa should be in the interim position. Uh, mm-hmm. I think so. I'd like to see it. But I also think that... Um, I love Ty to right? Yeah, uh, I think he's an amazing personality. Clearly, hits like a truck. Um, I think he can beat a lot of people. I don't know if he can beat everybody. Mm. I don't. Um, so, but if, but yeah, if I would put uh, someone in there, I would say hell. I put, uh, I put um, Ty and Curtis. I would. If Stipe doesn't want to get an interim shot. Um, yeah but, I mean,
0: Stipe doesn't seem like interested, like he seems like yeah. he's like almost partly retired,
1: yeah Stipe has been very big on title or nothing, um you know over the past few years, so mm-hmm. it's um, I mean hey he, he seems like he doesn't look like a guy that you know screws around with his money or anything like that. He might just be like, Hey, either give me what I want or I really don't need it, so yeah, um, yeah, you know, it, I mean, and good for him. He's he's accomplished everything he wanted to. Yeah,
0: so. I mean top five heavyweight of all time. Yeah. I think easily. Yeah. I don't see I don't see how anybody could argue that. Um yeah, all right. I'm I'm okay with that. Are you just um are you just negating like forgetting the fact that John Jones is sitting at heavyweight right now? Technically, I don't
1: want to hear nothing about John Jones. <laughs> 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 i'm coming to heavyweight where you been bro <laughs>
0: yeah
1: oh really you, you're coming through you look fat um let me stop you <laughs> like he was he was my thing uh i remember one of my friends um uh he's done like silly videos and stuff with me shout out to my buddy remy Tyndall. but he called me the next day and he said once he saw Francis take Cyril Khan down. He was like, I think Jones is retired. I was like, yo, first <laughs> of all, I was like, first of all, um, hold your horses. <laughs> hold your horses on that. Like, um, I'm like, everybody was like losing their minds, just like DC was when he saw Francis moving like that. Oh my god, Francis is doing jujitsu. I'm like, yeah. did he really just say that live on air? Yeah. <laughs> uh but uh yeah, no, I don't. I don't think Jones is coming. I don't think he's coming back unless, unless somehow, unless somehow a couple of people just break, the, like, unless like the entire top five has like a, um, has a El kakui incident, you know, before the last time he was supposed to fight Khabib. And then somehow Chris Dawkins becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. John Jones ain't coming in there. He's just not. He's not fighting Francis. He'd have fought him already, to be honest. I think. I do believe that. Um, he's not fighting Cyril Gunn. He does not want that. John has a problem with guys his height.
0: Well, he does. The, period. The, the thing was, he he gave up the only bargaining chip he had by turning in the light heavyweight championship. Like yeah. that was a bonehead move. And then he's like, I'm going to heavyweight. And then he's like, and and just does it. Like gives up the title and then does it has no bargaining chip. And he's like, you guys got to pay me more. It's like, well, you signed this contract. Like you were, you were content with now you gave up your title. You moved up. We never, this was never part of our business plan. Now you want more money to do something that we never even discussed. You
1: gave (laughs) up the only thing that made you a draw and you're not even that big of a draw. Like John needs a dance partner. Uh-huh. he's not a person that can sell out the arena by himself. You put Mike Tyson in there with a shoe. People are going to show up. Uh-huh. You put John in there with a shoe. They're going to say, John, why are you in there with a shoe? <laughs> yeah.
0: What are you going to do with that shoe?
1: <laughs> are you going to put it on or? <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't want to hear anything about John Jones until a contract is signed. Actually, not even, until a contract is signed. I don't want to hear anything about him until I see that walkout. Yeah. Until he walks out and they're like, here he is, ladies and gentlemen.
0: I- I, I'm I'm in the same boat. And I, I maintain that he's the best ever. Like, given the strength schedule and, of- and whatever he, what, what he's been able to do. But mm-hmm. he might be amongst the worst ever at just staying out of his own way. <laughs> Listen. <It's- laughs> i i think i posted this i forgot if i did on twitter
1: or somewhere i was like well of course john is the greatest like ever he has to fight himself every day hmm. <laughs> so
0: it's just yeah uh, except uh, the daisies fighting is yeah. there you go <laughs> There you go. Just leave that one under my breath, and we'll move on. All right. I was like,
1: bro, of all things. And then, first (laughs) of all, here's here's my whole thing. No, I'm going to touch on it because when the video came out of him and the cops and everything, I was hoping, I was hoping that they were holding on to that footage. Not because I like the idea of police brutality. I was hoping they were holding on to that footage because when they said he assaulted the vehicle, he headbutted the vehicle. I was like, they're probably holding on to that footage because they probably slammed his head on the car because he was acting unruly. I don't know. Right. But mm-hmm. then I was like, all right, let me not just be one of those people that's, you know, being angry at the cops for no reason. I've never been that guy. And I'm like, OK, something unfortunate might have happened. Cool. Watch the video. This dude's crying like a 12 year old and then acting like a 12-year-old, and then proceeds to headbutt a steel vehicle. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest of all time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, you know. (laughs) Make him fight Tom Aspinall. (laughs) Jeez. I would like to see that. I really yeah. was. I, I, I,
1: I would really like to see that one because, you know, Tom ain't going to give a damn. You see how he yeah. showed up against Volkov? That boy ran up in there. He, 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 he ran up on Volkov like he was saying, put up your Dukes every five seconds. I, I was like, this dude has no fear at all know nothing the crowd means nothing right now he never fought (laughs) in front of a crowd he ran at this dude like it was his lunch
0: (laughs) i didn't even care what the punchline was gonna be the way you giggled in the setup (laughs) it just it made the whole segment
1: (laughs) dude it was just like that that didn't make any sense when you got a guy that's got that much juice and he just has no fear and he's ready to go no that's the guy i want to fight john jones that is the guy yeah, we'll either him or yeah. Go ahead and fight Francis, but oh, you want you want uh, what do you say, Deontay Wilder money to fight Francis? Uh, well, I think anybody would say that, but also I think that's your way of saying no. Yeah, like if you're gonna price yourself out, like that's that's an age old technique. The cat's out of the bag. We all know what's good. Oh, I'm injured. Okay, you you don't want to fight. Unfortunately, if you are actually injured, you know I don't I don't wish I had on anybody. But the <laughs> biggest thing to do, price yourself out. Oh, they ain't paying me enough. Well, you signed this contract that says you're going to get this anyway, and you fought for this the last time. What's going on? Well, I'm taking a risk. Well, you threw away your belt, like you said. Like, you threw away your belt, and now you're talking about you taking a risk. You took a risk every time you you stepped in the cage.
0: Yeah. I just wish, like, like, a PR company could get a hold of John, put him in a bunker far away from alcohol and cocaine and Twitter, and just speak on his behalf mm-hmm. and make sure he's training, like get him everything he needs, just training. Yep. And, and then just only bring him out on fight night. But <laughs> but then again, like you, you have to wonder if like the booze and cocaine and all this are what is created that what this him, him. Like, Mike, yeah. yeah. Is that part of his essence? He just needs it. Um. <laughs> well, all right. See. We got to get through the rest of this car. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, so, do it. let's do it. Alexa Grasso, who is known as a striker submits Joanne Wood, um, with a rear naked choke in the first round, uh, I I thought this was a fun fight for as long as it lasted. You know, it yep. was back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joanne Wood, obviously super legit Muay Thai. Grasso, uh, a a very competent striker as well. Did not see this one ending by submission. Uh, what did you think about this?
1: I thought the same. That was the last thing on my list. Like to be honest with you, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, about to be a kickboxing match and. Okay, um, well, now that I know you can do that, <laughs> uh, I'm just wondering what she's gonna do next. That's really what it is. Side note, isn't it funny that uh, Joanne Wood she went from Calderwood to Wood?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, she just had damn. to keep the wood in there. <laughs> All right, good night, everybody.
1: I was <laughs> joking, but no, look, what great, that's fight. a good woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, great fight. Definitely great fight. Um, hey, look, uh, when it comes to the women's flyweight division, it's kind of strange for me because I'm like, you got the champ and then you got everybody else. Uh-huh. And then it's like, well, who's actually good here? And then you see fights like that. No, you, you got talent. You got uh-huh. talent. And it's just a division that is, it's still young. It's still young, and we're yeah. we're gonna see who really is bringing bringing the juice. We're gonna see. We're gonna yeah. See. We're in
0: a spot where Valentina Shevchenko is is to the flyweight division what Tavon Anthony is to MMA rapping. <laughs> there's just there's just the champ, and then there's everybody else that does it.
1: <laughs> oh man, what do you think about uh just real quick? Let's then jump to the next fight. What do you think about uh Shevchenko versus Santos? i mean i think it's gonna be a strong first round but then
0: uh. it's like it if there were anybody else like any other champ who you know i think it was um was it marvin Hagler who said it's hard to get up and run six miles when you wake up in silk sheets Mm -hmm. like it And that's a real thing. That's a real phenomenon. Like, you've been the champ. You're living a comfortable lifestyle. You're a millionaire. Shevchenko is just, it's not about any of that to her. She's just a savage. She's going to come in in shape. She's going to come in with every skill sharpened. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like you're ever going to get a watered down version of her, which, you know, we may have gotten with Amanda Nunez.
1: Yeah. Um, Which that was very confusing to me.
0: I mean, I, I get it. You know, she's you know, a new parent yeah. and like just focused on other things, and like Pena should not have been a threat. Pena should her. not have out
1: jabbed you.
0: Yeah. Period. <laughs> Period.
1: But, and that's that's not even that's not even me trying to be like like throwing shade at Pena. It's just no. Mm-hmm. The, even the way that was set up, you should not have been getting out jabbed right by this by this person but yeah no I, I get it i i definitely get that no she's definitely a savage but you gotta think about it as well that that shevchenko's been living her best life well before she was the champion all yeah. traveling do, doing all this cool stuff already so and she's still doing the same stuff so yeah. it's nah you got a cat that has is the same person she was on the come up mm-hmm. and that's and that's better yeah and, and better skilled exactly exactly which is very scary because it's not like she's a person that became the champ and then turned the gun on the company oh i need this oh i want that oh my same cat and now all of you have to deal with it
0: <laughs> the entire yep. division all right um fighting the night in my book Brian Barbarina Matt Brown this fight was just fucking wild I know a lot of people wanted to see Matt Brown come away with this decision he was the hometown Mm -hmm. guy you know Mm -hmm. he was looking for that knockout record I thought he did great but I thought the only round that was easy to score was the first which I gave to Matt Brown and then two and three it's like bing flip a coin like I don't know I, I don't even know what happened at the end of this fight I was just like half standing oops no i was half standing half sitting like i didn't know i i didn't know who was gonna win but uh, what a wild fight give me your thoughts man
1: uh definitely close fight um you want to talk about you want to talk about who was landing uh at a higher percentage a higher percentage was matt definitely um uh man, I just, uh, gonna lie. I, I was not thinking about, I was, I wasn't thinking about the takedowns. I wasn't thinking about that. And, um, Mm -hmm. I'm like, Matt is really bringing it out. He is doing work. He is doing work today. So Mm -hmm. I, from my heart, I was like, I want Matt to win. (laughs) And then when I, when I got the decision, I'm like, Oh, okay. No, I, I I understand. I mean, close, close fight. I, I could me, see making
0: me. the argument for him winning. Like, the, mm-hmm. I definitely scored the first round for him. Mm-hmm. Two and three were close. They were close. Very. It nice. looked like Matt was wearing more of the damage. He did mm-hmm. look more tired in the third, but it didn't stop his output.
1: Oh no, 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 no! Did not stop his output at all. But uh, I mean, Barbarena. It just from if I were to sit back and let's say I kind of squinted my eyes and watched the fight. Mm-hmm. I would say like Barbarena, it's like okay, this guy is out working. He's out working him, but damn, yeah, it's just like how how do you score those um, final yeah. two rounds? Like,
0: it, I, it, no, go for it. It's tough. It's tough. Like it was, it was like two Tasmanian devils in there, and you're trying, <laughs> yeah. to, like, you're trying to keep track in your head. Like, it, there's no way you're counting all the punches, all the elbows. You just got to look at like, all right, who looks more tired and who's more bloody? That was Matt Brown. And if you're going off of that, like, yeah,
1: look, sometimes hey, we don't know what in the world these judges are thinking. Sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. So uh, that could have been it. That really could have been it. And um, but really, that's one of those fights where if I had a friend over my house who never watched MMA before, that's a fight I would want him to see.
0: Oh, like, yeah. Fight of the year contender already. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're only, what, a quarter of the way through 2022. Um, I sympathize a little more with the judges now, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. I talked about on the show last week, I actually judged my first uh, fight card. Really? Uh, Yeah, I was asked by um, the company who sponsors the show and makes my merchandise and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, They were sponsoring a, a, a local amateur promotion, and they needed a judge. Um, and he knew that I was knowledgeable about MMA. So it was an MMA Muay Thai and there were some kids kickboxing fights on there as well. Um, so I had my first experience judging fights last week and I gotta say, I have a lot more respect for judges now because it was Mm -hmm. like, I'm watching, I'm like this far from the cage. Mm -hmm. I'm watching intently and I'm like, all right, this guy got a sweep, but this guy is landing more strikes and this, and I'm trying to keep track of everything for the whole round And I'm like, and then at the end of the fight, I was judge number one, which means the referee came to me first and was like, all right, give me your card. And I just have to write, I just have to fill, add it up and like pass it through the cage. And I'm like, damn, this is stressful. I can't imagine if like half of somebody's money was on the line. (laughs) Oh, man. So it, it was like a whole new perspective for me. Like I, I feel like it's, it's, it's easy to criticize something if you've never done it. So mm. now I've done it, and now I feel like I can be a little more critical and also a little more sympathetic. But yeah, I—if either one of these guys won this fight, I would have been like, "Okay, whatever you say." Mm-hmm. Um, now I—I I think the one that was a little bit more debated was Kai Carl France and Askar Askarov. Um, how did you score this one? <sighs>
1: I uh no, I You're had no. Fence? No, I'm not on the fence. I I actually agree with the decision. Mm-hmm. It's um I just think what was it? I believe it was the final round where I feel like if Askarov did a little more mm-hmm. in the final round, he could yeah. have secured that win. But I just feel like he I don't want to say just let it slide or was waiting. Um, it's there were just some spots where I'm like, he could have, he could have worked a little harder. That's, that's all I'm going to say. He he could have worked a little harder. Maybe he was tired. I don't know. He wasn't tired, but I, um,
0: I yeah, I think you and I saw it the same way. I gave the yeah. first round to ask her off because mm-hmm. he had the back and that body triangle for most of the round mm-hmm. uh, car. France, I think clearly won the second, and yep. the third was close, but I just felt like Kai Carl France was trying a little bit harder. Yep. And it, it was just that was the only thing that made me score the third for him was that difference in effort. It wasn't yep. as, like they both landed big shots in that round. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both were in advantageous positions. But I just felt like Askarov took his foot off the gas a little bit and Carl France pressed it a little bit more. And it was, you know, a slight uh, degree of separation both ways but yeah i i thought car friends did enough to get the decision but i i still think Askarov is a beast
1: yeah no 100 100 a beast he's gonna he's gonna continue to do work it's um it's just you can't let moments like that happen because mm-hmm. then you end up with a loss like like yeah. he's it's like you're not gonna go your entire career steamrolling everyone like you're not um unless you're habib but uh (laughs) but um yeah no if if you're ever in a fight where you you are you know you're going to decision at this point um Mm -hmm. yeah no do something to where you can win over the judges even if it's you know if you want to pull you know uh what some fighters do where it's just like well even if i kind of coast through most of the round at least for the last minute i'm going to I'm going to get it in, you know, because yeah. um, that's how some people steal rounds. They'll mm-hmm. steal a round in a minute. So,
0: yeah. Mm. And it was a weird night for the fact that, like, I don't want to say Askarov got tired, but, you know, let off the gas a little in that third mm-hmm. round as a grappler. Yep. And then on the other side of the coin, I'll skip over the Neil Magni fight for now. We saw Mark Casey, mm-hmm. who is a striker. And boy, did
1: that man get a body lock and he did not let go. <laughs>
0: Ooh, grappled for 15 said- minutes straight. <laughs> and this was another instance where the, the commentators looked a little silly because they were like, oh, but this is going to tire him out. He's known for tiring out. Come to third round, he's still snatching those body locks and, and throwing Slava Claws around like a rag doll.
1: The boy, the man, the man did a backflip after it was done.
0: I'm mm-hmm. like, this guy. He's like, what'd you say different. about gassing out? So
1: <laughs> he probably heard it. He was like, huh? Oh, so y'all messed up. Y'all messed up. I'm about to get this dude. I I didn't, I didn't expect him to do, to do, well,
0: I didn't expect that game plan
1: at all, but, um,
0: yeah, no, no, I was expecting a striking war and mm -hmm. like probably somebody going to sleep, but it was a great game plan. It was effective. And now if you fight to Casey, not only do you have to worry about world-class striking, like you got to worry about this guy's wrestling a little bit. And
1: he's strong, clearly strong as an ox, like, now, great technique. Good technique too, but
0: god dang, man. He he Yeah. He put that I, I mean, you know, the way he put his body in the right place and the way he was using leverage to get those takedowns, you would think this guy's been wrestling his whole life. Yeah. And usually people are not able to put that together later in life. No. Um, I know because I teach grown ups how to wrestle, and it's just like something is not firing. <laughs> in, the, in the cerebellum, or whatever is controlling your muscle movement.
1: I, yeah, man, I'm not, a,
0: I'm not a biologist.
1: It's nutty out there. So, uh, look, he—he's a problem. He's—he's gonna—he's gonna be a big old problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and now that he has that, that's what people are gonna be thinking about. And if he fights someone, let's say, like, if he fights someone who is very dynamic mm-hmm. of a striker, he can go to that at any point, like at any point yeah for
0: sure um the fight i skipped over neil magny max griffin i actually love this fight um and this was another one round one was clear for max griffin round three was clear for neil magny who really Mm -hmm. turned it on at the end like he was just he was just tossing uh griffin all around that cage round two was like I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't. <know. laughs> okay, split decision for Magni. If it was a split decision for Griffin, I would have been like, all right, I could. would I- have him. just,
1: I'd, I'd have just th- taken it.
0: Yeah, but it it came down to that second round for me. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think?
1: Um, definitely came down to the second round. Um, uh, in the end, look, Max Griffin got. He was winded. Yeah. He was winded. So like once you start getting hit uh with those Magni jabs and your head starts snapping back, like it's like, oh God, please don't, please don't get TKO. That's all I was worried about. I'm like, I that's not how I want this to go for this man.
0: Um, I don't know why Magni jabs makes me laugh so much. It sounds like um it, so- it sounds like um like a candy you would get at the movie theater. Magni or jabs. Let me get a box of magni, magni jabs. jabs. <laughs>
1: You should you should make a cocktail and call it that. I think I will. Would you like a magni jab? What is what the hell is that? It's going to knock you back. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, no. <laughs> very good fight. Very good fight. Like you said, yeah, Max Griffin won that first round. So I had to go back and rewatch that fight as well because I when I watched the first I watched the first round, mm-hmm. then I had to go um I had to go downstairs and it was. <clears throat> something dumb going on downstairs like with my um basically house problems. So I'm just like, ah crap, I got to fix this. Then I come back up and I'm we're on the third round. And I'm like, Max is tired. Well, I hope he won the second cuz the first he looked really good. And then oh, I went okay. back and watched it and I'm like, oh. Oh. Oh yeah, now when you're working like this, you you're going to get tired. And and I mean mm-hmm. Max has a it's not like he has severe cardio issues, but it, it, he has shown in the past that he can get tired when it comes to, mm-hmm. when it gets to that point. And when that fatigue comes in, he becomes just nowhere near the same guy. Like Max when he starts, he's like mm-hmm. if I say okay, I'm not going to rate him out of 10, but let's say his 10 when he starts. Let's say he's at a 10. When he gets tired, he's at like a 6. He's at like a six. So mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, well, Neil Magny isn't going to slow down like that. He's going to be the same guy for the most part, mm-hmm. unless you're dealing with um, like a super heavy power puncher or like a grappler that knows how to box. That's the only time Magny really has problems. Um,
0: yeah. So I, and to me, this was a fight of like, I don't like the term journeyman, but like two guys who they've been around. They they've fought the who's who. Like if you look, I just pulled up uh, Max Griffin's uh, resume here. Joined Mm -hmm. the UFC in 2016. Colby Covington was his first fight. All right. (laughs) That's a rough go of it. But then you look at the names he's fought. Mike Perry, Curtis Millinder, who I feel Mm -hmm. like was was very underrated in his time Mm -hmm. in the UFC. Tiago Alves, Alex Murano, Alex Oliveira. Mm-hmm. uh carlos condit in his last fight like mm-hmm. um and he, he's been hot and cold throughout but still you know pretty solid and same for neil magny like this dude like i have so much respect for neil magny if you look at his last like just look at his last what is it six fights here mm-hmm. only loss was to michael kiesa in a main event mm-hmm. um and Then you got Max Griffin, Jeff Neal, Robbie Lawler, Anthony Martin, uh, Jing Liang Lee, Li. and before that was the, the knockout loss to Ponzanibio. Yeah. But like, man, look who this, Carlos Condit also RDA, Johnny Hendricks, Lorenz Larkin, Hector Lombard, Kelvin Gaslam. Holy, shit.
1: <laughs> he has <laughs> like, isn't he like tied for like most wins in welterweight uh, history?
0: Yeah, I or I think
1: or like right behind George Saint Pierre,
0: it's either tied. I think he tied it last night or he mm. passed it, but like, mm. I mean, here's he'll pass it 34 yeah, he years will. old. Like he's still got some miles in the tank, yeah, he ain't ancient. Such, such an underrated dude. And here is my question. When I was previewing this card last week, like who did Neil Magny piss off to get on the prelims? <laughs> not only on the prelims, but I was telling you before we started recording, I came in on the Kai Carl France fight and I had mm. to, after the card ended, I went back and rewatched everything else. So ESPN, I love the way I always shit on ESPN plus, but, but now like as soon as the card ends, you can go back and pick fight by fight and they have them like kind of segmented out like within a half hour of the card ending. But Mm -hmm. I had to go to show all and get like the full, um, like every card, because if you just go through like the little scroll tab, the magnify wasn't coming up. And I was like, I know Neil Magny fought on here. They had every other fight but his. You had to go to Show All, and then you had to find it at the bottom. Here's a guy who two fights ago was fighting on a um, a main event against Michael Chiesa, won his last fight after that, and now he's on the prelims. Like, can you explain this to me? Because I'm baffled.
1: I I have no clue. It's like, yeah, you're right. Who in the world did he piss off?
0: (laughs) Whose wife did he fuck?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, <that's>... hey, <laughs> you're
0: Neil magny I'll show you <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> that boy Neil hey, Mag- oh, to the
0: pre get out of my wife and get on the prelims. Like, dang, dude, <laughs> you're that upset, huh? <laughs> but oh, man. it is what it is. All right, oh. uh, here here's what I'm gonna do, and this is what I usually do. For the sake of time, I'm just mm-hmm. going to run the results of the rest of the card, and yeah. you tell me what stands out to you the most.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Sarah McMahon, unanimous decision over Carol Rosa. Uh, no surprise there. Chris Gutierrez with a beautiful spinning backfist. My uh, God. Knockout of uh, Bajarel Dana. Um, and I love the way he threw the backfist, because most people hit with the back actual back of the fist, mm-hmm. which, you know, these bones here that are can the most— break. The some of the most fragile bones in the human body. What he did was hit with the butt of the fist, which you never really see people do. And Mm. I can't understand why, because this is a much stronger surface than this. For those of you only listening on audio, I'm pointing to the side of my fist and the back of my fist. Yeah, you look like a hammer fist. Yeah, which that's how it should be done uh, every time. Mm. Uh, Aliaskov Kizarev uh submits Dennis to Lulin in the second round with a rear naked choke. Just pretty dominant win there. And then it uh, was
1: um uh Dennis did okay. Dennis still did slightly better than I thought he was gonna do. I did especially think, on short notice. Yeah. Like I, I thought he was gonna get ran through like I'm talking just completely steamrolled. But I mean he showed up. He definitely showed up. I'll just shout out to that guy.
0: Yeah I I mean I would love to see him back yeah um uh kizriyev i want to see fight Hamza shamaev especially since he said he's moving down to before he said he was moving down to welterweight i i just kind of fantasized about these two meeting at mm-hmm. middleweight down on the road but now that he said he's moving down I'm like all right give him two fights at welterweight and then let's get him and shamaev no matter where they are in their careers i want
1: man them. you want to know one guy i want to fight i want to see shamaev fight is um shavkat Rachmanov. That's who I want to see him fight. But the way things are going, I'm like, Shavkat don't make a lot of noise. He -hmm. doesn't. And I'm like, unless the stars align, those boys are not going to cross paths,
0: especially with the... giant welterweights. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Manon Fiorat, unanimous decision over Jera I thought this was a great performance. I thought her judo looked on point.
1: Uh Wonderful. She, She struck intelligently. She did... She did everything right. Now, that like, it wasn't it like a 30 27 or something?
0: Yeah, it was, it was pretty dominant <laughs> win for her.
1: I was like, good God Almighty. Like, I, I had a feeling that uh, Maya was going to lose, uh, mainly because, I mean, you got your title shot. You, you, you've been around. And it's just like, well, what do you do now? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you're up there. You're up there when it comes to, when it comes
0: to age. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. And and Manan, I believe it's Furo. Furo, Fiora. I always, I, I always say Furot, but I believe it's Firo. Um, she's sneaky good, man. Yeah. Like, uh Let's see, fourth win in the UFC now. Mm-hmm. Uh, hasn't lost since her pro debut in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got that judo background. I, uh, I'm sure you know joe rogan was masturbating to all those front leg (laughs) sidekicks
1: oh and you know maya was tired of that like (laughs) he was
0: tired them hands were coming down oh god they they suck i i spar with some taekwondo guys and they throw that front leg sidekick and i don't i'm like fuck stop it let me tell you something stop it
1: i remember it was my second year um uh training in muay thai and They bought this guy in who had a black belt in Taekwondo and karate. Mm -hmm. And um, right when he went into his stance, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a problem. I'm about to get sidekicked, and I know I'm about to get sidekicked. And I kept thinking about it, and what do you know? Bam, one to the stomach. I'm like, oh, this is great. One more to the stomach. I'm like, he's going to aim high with that. And he did. (laughs) He almost got me in the face. I'm like, okay, all right. Best way to deal with you, sidestep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But – yeah no man it's 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 annoying and it'll it'll start hurting
0: yeah it's very annoying especially for someone like me because i come from a i i wrestled for a long time before i started muay thai Mm -hmm. 10 something years ago um so my muay thai style evolved with a big base and catching kicks like if you throw a leg my way i'm grabbing it because Mm -hmm. i'm a wrestler and that's what i know Mm -hmm. and I got really good at catching front teeps, mm. but the sidekick it makes it because you're used to cupping the heel yep. and snapping down the sidekick makes it harder to grab for some reason. And they're so quick in and out. So it would be, that would be frustrating for me. Um, yeah, but that then, fencing, you know, I would just have to close the distance and, and body lock them and, mm-hmm. and, you know, Whatever happens after that. <laughs> time to work. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, definitely amazing performance. Um, Mark asked why uh, Latifi and Olinik was scrapped, and I completely forgot about that fight, even though I was very excited for it. Do you know the answer, Tyvon? I have no idea, actually. Um, Let's find out. All right, All right Mark, you're going to have to let us know. Mark is like my young Jamie. Oh, yeah. Right say. Mark, <laughs> I I don't know how time zones work. But he's in Australia, and no matter what time of day the show is live, Mark is here, and uh, I'm very appreciative of it. And he's usually like very good at providing me information that I lack because I do zero show prep besides pulling up the fight card. <laughs> um, uh, let's just uh, get get this card out of the way. Mattel Nicolau unanimous decision over David Dvorak. Um, this was a weird fight because Dvorak was just kind of stalking the whole time. Yeah, um, nothing happened in the first round, like n- nothing, uh, and then there were some leg entanglements in that second round, and then like I guess Nicolau won the third, um, so that was that, and then Luis Saldana unanimous decision over Bruno Souza. Mm-hmm. Souza was able to hit some takedowns like fairly easily, but wasn't able to do a whole lot with him, and um, mm-hmm. you know that's how that fight went. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I thought it was a great card overall what i love about this card is is how like a lot of things came full circle and were kind of intertwined like you know curtis blades not using the wrestling when he was anticipated to use the wrestling Mm -hmm. um to casey using wrestling and not tiring out (laughs) whereas Askarov using the wrestling and kind of fatiguing towards the end Mm -hmm. like i i love how like there was a nice ebb and flow to the martial arts storylines with this card, and and how it kind of all just fit together. But um, do you have any encompassing thoughts on this card as a whole?
1: Let me see. Uh, no, I I enjoyed the card. Um, kind of a uh to me, kind of like a s- slow start, but then everything just started to really get good. And uh, I like this is why I said it earlier kind of when i said i don't really like betting on fights because anything mm-hmm. can happen and um yeah the way to casey won i would not have put money down on that mm-hmm. i would not have put money down on that i would i would have said yeah he wins but probably knockout, out striking but no as i love it because can you
0: put a prop bet on grapple fucking <laughs> you can- yeah, if, is, is that possible it, <laughs> um, if it's not it should be
1: yeah but um, yeah, no, definitely surprises. It was surprises all through the card. And um, even when it wasn't a surprise, it was just, it, they were good fights. They were just good mm-hmm. fights, you know? So I.
0: Have you, um, yeah. have you thought about who would win between Stipe and Curtis Blades?
1: Mm, yeah, I, I thought about it. I, I think it would come down to a couple of things. If, if it isn't, a grappling contest from at least the first to the third round. Let's say if it was a five round fight. Um, if it's not a grappling contest from the first to the third round, I think Stipe would take the first few rounds. I I I just believe he is the better striker. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think he, I think he could stuff a lot of those takedowns. Uh, but like I said, if it does come down to the grappling in the first three rounds uh i'll give it to blades i'll give it to blades but overall pick i would pick stipe as of right now overall pick
0: yeah i think as far as wrestling credentials they're like pretty similar, similar. pretty similar yeah uh, curtis has used his wrestling more mm-hmm. in mma but stipe shows like it, it's there if he needs it oh, well, um it? real quick uh, cause I know you and I only caught bits and pieces of this, but one championship, uh, one X, one X, um, Angela Lee winning the main event, rear naked choke over, uh, 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 stomp, uh in, uh, round two
1: over good old stamp fair text. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> i think she, i'm a i'm a really big fan of fair i really do like her style she's ferocious and she's just adorable it's like you're a freaking killer <laughs>
0: yeah yeah killer. i mean both of them to be 100
1: oh, yeah, now um with angela lee um i was thinking like wait a minute because uh did she did she have a kid
0: yeah yeah, and, and so, she brought the kid in the cage after winning, which was she like had the kid in one hand and the belt in the other hand. It was a cool moment.
1: That That's the funny thing, because normally when uh like that happens, when someone has a child, like I get really worried about their fight career like after that, mm-hmm. because it's like, OK, well, the first fight back is it's going to be the same person? And then how are they going to, you know, first of all, being a parent, that's one thing. But you also had the kid like literally had it. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: like Like, I just just don't know what to expect. But no, she's a savage. When when my daughter was born, it was hard for me to get it back in the gym and like just roll jujitsu or just spar around or two. And I didn't give birth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like my my wife did all the work. I was just sympathy eating with her because she was one of these pregnant women who wanted pasta and fast food and pizza all the time. (laughs) So I'm not gonna sit there and eat a salad. Yeah. And let my wife suffer alone. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, be with her in solidarity. So, you know, I I put on a lot of sympathy weight, but what's unfair about it is she got to lose 15 pounds off the bat you <laughs> know, with all the ambiotic fluid and placenta and, you know, whatever else comes out of her. Uh, the kid <laughs> everything, uh, <laughs> um, everything, whereas I'm like, wait a second, how do I drop these 30 pounds I've gained in the last nine months? Um, but yeah, I'm super impressed whenever women are able to give birth, and then what? Well, Mackenzie Dern fought like ten months after giving birth, or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I'm
1: like, I don't even know if this is a good idea, and uh, well, she wanted and to be she in had life. an
0: easier time making weight than pre-baby. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, like women are just baffling in every way, like physiologically, mentally, emotionally, like everything is just kind of like wired backwards where they're able to do things that they just shouldn't be able to. Hmm. And, you know, that's why they pretty much lead our society. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right, Mighty Mouse, uh, another rear naked choke. This one was nasty. Man, that...
1: What's really funny is... I think the MMA community had a general consensus, and even Chatri said it himself. He said either Rod Tang is going to knock DJ out in the first round or DJ is going to submit him in the second. Mm-hmm. I thought that when the fight was announced, but I also thought Mighty Mouse ain't getting knocked out in the first round in, uh, in a Muay Thai scenario. I, I don't think <sighs> Rod Tang's style. Uh-huh. is very, you know, he's very durable. He'll mow you down. He will attack. But if if you're smart, if you fight with the IQ of Demetrius Johnson, you know in that first round there's no takedowns. You know uh-huh. in that first round there's certain things that this guy is going to do. And then when it comes to tie fighters, traditional Muay Thai is what you see is what you get. So I, I was thinking, well, if raw tang does finish Demetrius Johnson. It's not going to be in the first round. I don't think his style, especially the way he starts fights, is going to be the type of style that can literally mow through and steamroll Demi- uh, Mighty Mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, he's going to survive the first round. It's going to come down to, can Raw tang survive the second?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because no- <laughs>
0: this was like a special rules fight. Yeah,
1: mixed- it was... Muay Thai first round, MMA second round, supposed to be Muay Thai again, third round, and fourth round MMA. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just knew it was going to come down to the second round. Like, however Rod Tang was going to uh, respond to the grappling aspect um, was going to determine the fight. And look, that's what happens. Yeah. That
0: is what happens. when. It, it, yeah, and, li- and like you said, the difference with Muay Thai is muay thai fighters traditionally because they fight five times a week they the the kind of gentleman's agreement is to take the first round off and Mm -hmm. it's not illegal but it's frowned upon to even throw elbows in the first round of them
1: oh man yo i forgot who it was they were on um rogan's podcast and he was saying like yeah i didn't know that they didn't, you know, throw elbows in the first round. And I did. And after mm-hmm. the first round was over, my coach came up to me and said, you threw elbow in the first round. Now he angry you I'm like angry yeah. you. <laughs>
0: like, I yes, can tell you who saying. that was because it, um, it was Mark Delagrati, mm. who is the owner of Tong Boston, mm. which I train at MJM Muay Thai, which is the Tong affiliate of the state of Florida. Um, so I'm technically part of Mark Delagrati's lineage okay. uh, and I'm a instructor under him, under his umbrella of schools. But yeah, that, that was him the first time he fought in Thailand uh, at Lupini stadium. And he went and threw elbows in the first round because he didn't know like that was frowned upon. And it's uh, it, they- <laughs> that's just how it is. And that's, that's why some Thai fighters struggle uh, transitioning to MMA because MMA is just so aggressive.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, People will start at a 10. Mm-hmm. And you just you aren't you aren't about to do that. Like yeah.
0: And that's the difference between fighting, you know, two, three times a week and fighting, mm-hmm. you know, two, three times a year. Yeah. Which we do in yeah. MMA.
1: Like, yeah, you're more than likely gonna deal with a bad out of hell.
0: So mm-hmm. yeah, what it is. Speaking of bat out of hell, let's jump down this car a little bit. Akiyama, Yoshihiro Akiyama gets a TKO win over Shinya Aoki. This was a weird fight to come together because both of these guys have been around since the Stone Age of MMA. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> you know, the I I feel like Aoki to me has always been one of those guys who was like one of the top fighters who never fought in the UFC. Yep. Like he's just, I, I mean, if you've never seen Shinya Aoki fight, the dude is just phenomenal. Like. His ground game and his ability to snatch submissions like from awkward positions and use his long legs. And then Akiyama is another one who, you know, a lot of people don't realize like what a stud this guy is because his run in the UFC was kind of, uh, you know, lackluster. He had a couple of fights in there, but like it didn't reflect like his full body of work. I mean,
1: Uh, you got to look at who he fought mm -hmm. in the UFC though. It's like, while he was there he fought michael bisping Vitor uh-huh. Belfort, jake shields it's like these aren't guys that you aren't that, you, that you're going to look good against unless ellen yep. belcher like yeah like these aren't guys you're going to look good against unless you are like top of the food chain dude so yeah. it's it, it, it was just hard it, it's uh-huh. just hard and understandable it is very understandable. And then it's like you went to a decision with Bisping. Like, eh, don't fight it fight of the night that. Look at that. Yeah. But um yeah. But it's like, you know, that's that's nothing to hang your head on. Um, hold on. Okay. When he fought Vitor, he lost via KO. Is that TRT Vitor?
0: oh yeah 2011 <laughs> yeah yeah that's oh that's, yeah that's
1: that's super juice vitor <laughs> oh yeah that's i got the he had that uh <laughs> i can't even call those traps <laughs> that's a whole different type of human being vitor
0: yeah they were bear <laughs> traps <laughs> yeah
1: no man dude uh you remember man i still can't believe they allowed uh evander holyfield to get in there with that man i still cannot believe that
0: <laughs> i mean crazier uh. things have happened
1: yeah, but yeah, no, like man, like, Shin- Aoki is definitely phenomenal. Um, definitely. Yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, Sexy Yama, man, Sexy Yama.
0: Th- this fight didn't make much sense to me. Like, he, like Akiyama, I believe he has fought as high as heavyweight in his career.
1: Yeah, he's when the fight when the idea of the fight came about, and I was confused as to how in the blue hell they were going to make that happen anyway. Because I was like, is it? I yeah. can, you know, I'm a big because then it, he, yeah, I was like, he's big. And I'm like, shit, yeah, Aoki's like my size.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like Aoki has fought most of his career at 55, and mm-hmm. probably he's had fights at 45. He must have.
1: He's had fights at yep, featherweight, lightweight, welterweight, and middleweight. But yeah, uh, most of them were
0: at
1: lightweight.
0: Yep, yeah. most, most were at lightweight. You're talking about a guy with. 57 pro fights <laughs> at 38 years old. I thought he would have been way older. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. This guy's
0: been around for. I thought he'd be like
1: 45. Like, no. This man has an MMA record that looks like a Muay Thai record. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. No joke. 2003 was his pro debut, and he kicked off his career with three submission wins in a row.
1: Look, The man is phenomenal. He's fought Eddie Alvarez. He's fought twice. He's fought Edward Foleyang. three times. That's hilarious. Um, Ben Askren. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm just like, (laughs) you fought Ben Askren? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) When you look at the names on Ben Askren's list – And I still feel like, not a fool, but when he was coming to the UFC, I'm like, hey, the man's going to do work, but I feel like he's going to get hurt. And I really wish I did not say that because, oh, did that happen?
0: Probably like one of the most bizarre UFC careers of all time.
1: Dude, his UFC debut. Here's the thing. You're coming to the UFC. You're undefeated. You're everyone's like, "Okay, he he. He rarely loses a round. This is a champion. This is a champion. So we got to put him in there with a killer. The first guy y'all put him in there with is Heihachi Mishima, which Robbie Lawler. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I always call Robbie Lawler like, like I'm talking primetime Robbie Lawler, ready to take your head off. I call him Heihachi Mishima because what you see is what you get. This mm-hmm. guy is not there to play around and he might pile drive you, which is darn near what happened. He uh, – when – when he had been on his shoulders and flipped that man the way he did, I'm like, that's John Cena's finishing
0: move. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it didn't look like it belonged in the and the, like, like, the, the ending of that fight here? was just so awkward.
1: Yeah, but I mean, hey, look, Robbie is such a good guy. He was just like, "What? Uh, ah, whatever. It is what it is. You know what? Let's let's just go ahead and move <laughs> uh-huh. on." But yeah, no, that was that was definitely bizarre because, of course, the next fight is what made Masvidal who he is today. So. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, fair point. Yeah, um, who else
1: was on this card? I know there were a couple couple of fights. I know, uh, the flyweight title was up, right? Um, uh, uh, uh what is his name? Uh, uh, is not Morais? Who is it? Uh, scroll up a bit. Yeah, Adriano Morais. I, I, I like him. I like him. And I, I knew it was going to end that way. I knew mm-hmm. it. I knew it. Sorry, like, yeah. Yuya... Wakamatsu is, like, the guy that could be champ in one, but he's there while Morice, Demetrius mm-hmm. Johnson, and, like, two other guys are there. If yeah. those guys did not exist, he'd probably be the champion.
0: Yeah, which is weird because you see a lot of people saying, like, Demetrius Johnson is the best flyweight on the planet when he's fighting at bantamweight here at one, For which for those who don't know, they have, like, Hydration, hydration tests,
1: yeah. So, which, which is confusing to me because I'm like, how the heck does Morais do that? Because he's pretty tall. Um, yeah.
0: how tall is he? Let's check oh, it out. See, um, but I'm a yeah, he's 5 8 pretty tall for for 135. But mm. I, I like the hydration test. So, for those who don't know, you have to weigh in and then you before you fight, you can't be above a certain weight. So, like yep. where, where some guys would fight, you know, typically a hundred fifty-five pound fighter on fight night after rehydration is gonna be about 170, 172, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um, so some uh athletic commissions have it where you can't weigh higher than the weight class above. And mm-hmm. some have like one does a hydration test, you have to be like a certain amount of hydrated Mm -hmm. um which then you get you know some guys will have to cut weight like the day of the fight and it's only like a pound or two which you'll you'll kind of sweat out just warming up in the back yeah um but you have to make sure you're not above like the weight class above so it's weird but i'm a fan of it um oh same i i i don't like cutting weight i don't I don't like like oh, i gotta lose 30 pounds so i could beat up somebody like smaller than me
1: i remember the first time i heard about cutting weight i was i think i was in like high school and i had a friend who boxed and he he was doing a lot of cardio i'm like oh man what you you trying to lose weight getting shaved he's like oh yeah man you know got a fight coming up and um it's it whatever weight class it was i'm like you weigh that much? I'm like, you don't weigh that much. What are you talking about? He's like, Oh no, what you do is, you know, you do a lot more cardio. I wear the sauna suit. Then, you know, I go sweat it out and then I get on a scale and, you know, the next day it is what it is. I'm like, I don't know if that sounds safe. And then I started, <laughs> you know, like, and that's before I knew anything about this stuff. And, um, then I started, uh, you know, watching fights and seeing like how big of a deal this actually was. And then, when uh especially once i started watching mma i'm like yo these guys look like death's door before the next day and especially when connor was at 45 i'm like hold on his eyeball his eyeballs look like they're about to pop out of his head mm-hmm. what this is legal well that was part
0: due to the cocaine too, <laughs> To be
1: fair. Oh, um, okay early
0: like you talk you talking like um
1: after championship connor or are you talking like early connor
0: because i'm talking early connor <laughs> All right, it was crack then.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The cocaine's a little different, costs a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, specific. Yeah, but I, I I was never big on weight cutting. When I wrestled, um, in high school, I was I wrestled at 138. I walked around at like 141. Yeah, somewhere in there. Which now, if I was gonna make 138, I'd have to cut off both legs. But uh. (laughs) That's neither here nor there. Um,
1: <laughs> I can make it. I'm gonna look sick as hell, though. <laughs> Dude, I remember I was at um when I was training and I started um training for my first smoker. Uh, like um one of my friends, he was there for a little longer than I was. He was like, "Okay, so um what weight you coming in at?" I was like, "Well, they told us not to cut weight, so I just put down. I'd be like maybe one forty eight. Like at the time, because I was like." I, If I just decided to like not eat breakfast that morning, I was like 150 minus like, you know, so Mm. um, once I said that the guy looked at me, he was like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, considering your frame, you know, if you really took it seriously, you could probably go down to flyweight. I'm like, no, the heck I couldn't. I was Mm. like, I would die. He was like, bad weight. I'm like, I mean, yeah, but I would still not look I wouldn't look good and I'd probably be falling over. Like You'll the think. last the last time I weighed one hundred and thirty nine pounds, I was extremely sick and I wasn't eating like mm. I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's not meant for me. <laughs> and and how tall are you? I'm I don't know. I think I'm five nine. Some say some say like, dude, you're five eleven. I'm like, I don't think so. I haven't measured myself. In <laughs> that's years. a big jump. <laughs> I haven't I haven't measured myself in years. So I'm like at. I don't know. So I'll, I'll say 5'10". I will say 5'10". No, yeah. that, that's not for me, man. Now, granted, we got Sean O'Malley, who's six foot tall, is bad of weight. <laughs> yeah, well. But he's also a slim human being. Exactly. I mean, I'm slim too, but uh,
0: mm-mm. Well, speaking of his slim human beings, we don't have oh to get my. too deep into this, but we got UFC 273 coming up mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. I believe we have next week off from UFC, which is always fine with me. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like I need my UFC fix. I'm like I need a break. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like <laughs> man, relax. Go for a um, walk in the park.
0: Yeah, I'm fine just watching some Disney Plus with my daughter on a Saturday night. Oh, um sweet. But uh you know, this card is awesome. And just to give you an idea of how awesome this card is, let's see what's the fight I was looking at. The second fight on this card is Vince Pichel against Marco Madsen, the undefeated Marco Madsen, the Olympic silver medalist Marco Madsen. <laughs> this is the second fight on the card. Like, what? <laughs> what? This is crazy. Jarzinho Rosenstrike and Marcin Tabora are on the prelims. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a wild card. I love it. Chemaev Burns. I'm so stoked for that fight. Dude,
1: I, I oh, man, I'm so torn on that. I'm so torn on that because I'm like, I I like the idea of the star power of Chimaev. I love it. But mm-hmm. I, it's like Burns. Burns is doing this man a heck of a favor. He's doing this man a heck of a favor because in case Burns gets burned. Chimaev is probably going to be fighting for a title sooner than later. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, man. Like, I don't know. No, not that I don't know. Burns is a legit tough guy. He's a legit oh. tough guy. He does not say no and he knows what he wants and he's willing to work for it. He's willing to put in, put in those miles. He's willing to put in the punches and he doesn't care who it's against. So I, I'm i excited for it because this is this is definitely one of those, okay, Burns is the real deal, period. You cannot yeah. take that away from him. Chemaev is the guy that is steamrolling all of these other people. We know he's good. Oh, how good is he?
0: Uh-huh. And
1: we're going to find out. Period.
0: Yeah. I mean, Burns is a guy, like, we've seen him grapple heavyweights. Yeah. And, like, he's just a competitor, man. Like, if he's not fighting in the UFC, he's doing Abu Dhabi. He's doing Submission Underground. He's doing all Mm -hmm. this stuff. Like, he just wants to test himself. And you got to admire that about a guy. Um, Kelvin Gaslam sneaking up on this card against Nasruddin Imabov. Kelvin
1: Gaslam looking to put them hands on him.
0: I love it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Is that a preview of your? Uh...
1: No, I. Um, so funny thing, I actually used that line before. And that one was actually freestyled because I didn't know what to say about, I forgot who he was fighting. But I was like, no, I'm, I'm always thinking of funny rhymes when it comes to his last name for some odd reason. I just think it's mm-hmm. it's almost like a muse at this point. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, okay, Kelvin's coming up. Then I was like, oh, Kelvin Gastelum. looking to throw some hands in him. And I was like, all right, time to go. And I
0: just kept rhyming. That's it.
1: <laughs> oh, man. You got to use it. It's amazing. He's, I, I, love, I love this fight. I love this fight. First of all, I love anytime Kelvin fights because it's like you know he's good. Sometimes you don't know whether it's going to be like that killer Kelvin where he comes out and he's just he's kind of dancing on you. He got that head uh-huh. movement. That's another type of thing. He's going to box you up. He's going to wrestle. Uh-huh. He's going to do everything. Or he he might just get might just get got. But he doesn't get he doesn't get beat unless you're top of the chain anyway. Because he's top of the chain to be honest. When he's on. Yeah. When he's on. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. And it, you know, that's the, that's the, the key variable there. Mm-hmm. Um, some great female fights here. Aspen Ooh. lad, Raquel Pennington, stepping yes. up on short notice. yes, indeed, Mackenzie Dern and Tisha Torres.
1: Ooh, I, oh, now I want to see this. Cause Torres is Torres is about as complete <laughs> as you could get. She is about as complete as you can get. And I just want to know if, well, first of all, don't go to that floor with McKenzie. Just don't do it. But um, uh, but also like, will Dern be able to keep up that pace? She's called the tiny tornado for a reason, and mm-hmm. she is not gonna stop. She is not gonna stop. In order to beat her, you have to be able to beat her at whatever aspect aspect you can you can implement. Period. Yeah. So, hey, it's it's a great fight. No, this is stacked. This is a legit stacked card. I am yeah. crazy excited. Aljo versus Pyotr Jan. finally finally we're gonna get this uh, um yeah we gotta
0: I, put this on the bed i'm so tired of it yeah 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 yeah.
1: and i know like there are some people um who look at the look at the fight like well uh you know uh we saw what was happening last time Piotr was clearly gonna win it and and then you got the other side well aljo you know i saw that first round you know he can beat him it's like yeah you can't keep that pace up though mm. aljo starts
0: at a 10 all the time we'll see i mean it was it was unfortunate. And then everything that happened afterwards was unfortunate. And, like, yeah. whoever is controlling Peter Jan's Twitter is unfortunate because it's just yeah. like, man, like, this is cringy. What are you? Like, can what we just shut up and fight? What are you fight? doing,
1: like, Ollie? Like, exactly. It's like, can we just shut up and fight? On top of that, I'm like, man, this couldn't have happened to, like – Aljo was the worst dude for that to happen to because it put him in a position where – he had to learn to embrace the idea that this is going on and now he's talking uh-huh. like he's speaking in a certain way. I'm like, man when when he got the belt put around him, you can see he was kind of disappointed and I posted on Twitter. it doesn't matter. How you became the champ. What you need to do is come back and show these people why you deserve to be the champ. That mm-hmm. is it. But also at the same time, if you're gonna, you know, all of a sudden come out and be like, ah man, you know, whatever, and start talking crap, you should have done that from the get-go. You should have Rick flared the game. That <laughs> you should have Rick flared the game. Boom, yeah, I'm the champ. Y'all saw what happened. Uh, yeah. Y- yeah, but
0: <laughs> and then he kind of tried to do it, but like he kind of waited too it's long. It's not who he is. It's yeah, not who he and- is. And then it wasn't believable. And then he tried to lean into it more. And then it just made it worse. Nope. What and should happen? Yon's trash talk, back, or whoever trash talks for Yon? Yeah, because I don't think it's Yon. Dan's <laughs> uh, or not Yon? No, 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 he's no. like, I landed in Vegas. Sterling's prayers have not been answered. Like what?
1: Boo! What? <laughs> Boo! It's I'm not, gonna tell you right now.
0: It's just te- like, and. And Sterling was so cringeworthy through all of this that people were ignoring how cringy Jan was being about it. Because people were like, yeah, but he was beating that ass. It's like, yeah, but have you seen like the L's he's taken linguistically?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible.
0: <laughs> this is terrible. But yeah, just, no, you're right. F- finally, we could put it to rest. We could definitely put it to rest. Wild. But I'm looking forward to this card. We, we got. You know, it's on April 9th, so we got some time mm-hmm. before um, as far as this show goes We take a deep dive on this. Um, so another reason I had you on today, I know, you know, this show is largely under the influence of alcohol. Mm-hmm. I know you're you're a fan of the final ward. Yeah, the final um, word cocktail. I love it. Which is, you know, whiskey and chartreuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, why don't you explain to the
1: folks? Uh whiskey, chartreuse. I don't what are all the ingredients? Because it's fa- it's based off of the last word cocktail, which is gin-based. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I've ever had a final word, I was in DC near the wharf where everything is expensive now. But um, <laughs> but um there was a guy there. Let me go ahead and put up final word final word there was a guy there who he was the bartender for the evening and he apparently um would uh compete in like competitions like to mix drinks and everything like that and i'm like what and he was like well what kind of drink would you want i'm like um hmm, i want something something with a lemon flavor but i'm a whiskey guy he said do you trust me and i'm like yeah sure why not if you're gonna make it yeah exactly right i'm like uh well, I watch a lot your of
0: Disney.
1: Hey, that's fine. Hey, look, listen. So side note, um, me being a musician, what I like to do sometimes is I'll play at Nerd Conventions. Uh I played at Magfest earlier this year, which is a music and gaming festival that happens at uh the National Harbor in Maryland every year. Uh one song that I decided to cover this year was Be Prepared from the Lion King. Nice. <laughs> and I did it uh, I did it in me- like in a metal style. So it was it was unexpected but people were like wait a minute is this wait, the scar song <laughs> do you have a recording of this oh yes i will link it to you right now please, but- <laughs> <please>. <laughs> i think you'll get a kick out of it but um yeah i know the final ward cocktail really good it's normally rye whiskey uh based which i'm getting into rye whiskey nowadays because i have friends that like work at distilleries breweries and stuff like that so uh yeah right whiskey uh chartreuse um what is it Lux luxardo mart Marchino, liqueur, and lemon juice mm-hmm. yep,
0: yeah, so it's on the sweeter side, mhm, yes, 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 definitely on the sweeter
1: side now i have I've had one, um, I can't say a bad one. What I'm going to say is I had one when I was in Louisiana, and uh, I said fine award. and i I think what happened is they still gave it to me. With gin, so it looked like a final word because it was yellow. But uh, I was like, "This does not taste like whiskey." I'm like, "It's, like- it's." I'm like, "It's still a last word," to a point. <laughs>
0: Dude, gin is like drinking perfume,
1: bro. What? Let me I tell can't, you. Can't
0: my? It's, it's the one spirit I can't get down with.
1: I think. I'm like one of those firm believers, um, not firm, I'm one of those believers where if your parents or your grandparents really liked something, you might not. And my grandmother loved gin, uh-huh. loved gin. Like, even when I was younger, like, uh, you know, God rest her soul, I'm just like, why does she always have a big old bottle of Seagram's gin? And that, <laughs> was, that was the first, like, alcohol I've ever smelled in my life. Like, I, just, I just, you know, you're a kid. I undid the thing. I'm like, mm, hold on, something's not right here. I drank gin for the first time. I was like 23 years old when I drank it for the first time. And I said, no, <laughs> I said if it's any alcohol, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. This I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, definitely uh, love to find a ward. I love any type of um, uh, uh, almost said Manhattan. I do like the Manhattan cocktail, but old fashions are like my go to whenever I go to any bar. That's like the first okay thing i get uh because if you can't make a decent old-fashioned i probably can't trust you to make anything else um, exactly yeah it used I'll, to be huh go on
0: uh, i'm very particular about my manhattans personally mm. like it's got to be black cherries mm. if that drink doesn't show up with a black cherry in it i can no longer trust your ability to do anything right if you put a maraschino cherry in a manhattan it's just wrong Nope. like it's it there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like it's done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I stand very firm on this. Hey, I'm. <laughs> I believe you.
1: <laughs> I believe you. Let me throw this. Uh, me throw this thing in the chat so you can have it. Oh, and send button. There we go. But yeah, no, definitely check that out because I did. Um, be prepared. And last. The last MagFest, I did a metal version of this one's not recorded, but I did a metal version of Be a Man for Mulan. Oh, yeah. That was, I looked at the crowd and I'm like, okay, guys, I think if y'all are 90s baby like me, I think you'll get what's going on here. And the moment I started the lyrics, everybody started throwing stuff in the air. People are,
0: let's get down. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a good, good night, <laughs>
1: <huh>? <laughs> All right. I thought I lost you guys for a second.
0: <laughs> Everybody's ready to defeat the Hun. I'm like, wow. I'm like, y'all are more
1: excited about this than me.
0: I was like, I'm glad I, I chose to finish with this. I um I actually went to Disney on ice yesterday. Wow. I haven't done that since I was like 10. Yeah, well, my mm. daughter's four. So there you go. <laughs> so we got a babysitter and left her at home and we went to no. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> that was a good time joke i like that nice (laughs) hey you gotta mix a little dad humor in right Mm. um no so it was i am usually always on the go like every weekend like we we're actually annual pass holders at disney world because it's like an hour and change away Mm. so we go for the weekend quite a bit and um we had nothing going on this weekend We're, we're usually traveling my family's in new york my, my wife has wanderlust up to wazoo, so she always is planning weekends away in this now. Na- so nothing going on this weekend. I'm like, great. We just chill at home. Cute, Bill. Real cute. Nice to think you would get some downtime. No, my my wife, bless her soul, is uh, Latina with, you know, a fiery passion for most things. And does not enjoy just, like, downtime. So she's like, oh, Disney on Ice is in town. So, you know, we go into Tampa and, you know, bring the kiddo. And it was a good time. Like, she she enjoyed it. It was a little long. Like, my, my kid was like, after, like, an hour and a half, she's like, yeah, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, it's Disney. Like, it, it's top level. I, I'm, like, waiting to see the guy in the Beast costume, like, fall. Just, like, totally eat it. But no, they're all it's not going to happen. Like, how are you ice skating in that? Like, is... I, I almost fall down, like carrying groceries in from my car. Like, what are you? <laughs> but you're wearing a whole suit that
1: for some odd reason, it doesn't even look like it's balanced. Yeah. Rise, and here you are spinning around doing crazy stuff that I can't yeah. do sober.
0: Like <laughs> doing, doing a triple Lutz in an 80 pound beast costume. <laughs>
1: and then looking at the at the crowd are you not entertained
0: yeah and you're working for disney so you're making less than minimum wage somehow Uh, yeah you you ain't getting what you should be getting (laughs) yeah there's like three children inside that costume just standing on each other's shoulders like oh we gotta spin this way come on (laughs) we need to eat tonight (laughs) Uh, I don't know where we were going with any of that, but uh, is, yeah. is there anything else you want to get off your chest here? Uh shoot,
1: man. I don't, I don't know. We, we've been chatting for a minute. Uh, uh, I don't normally like to throw out the whole, oh yeah, follow me on social media @Aoxys, and stuff like that. Throw but it out. I, I guess. Yeah. Follow me on social media at Aoxys. Um, uh, my next performance, if you are in the Maryland area, specifically, will be April 16th. I'll probably just uh record it and everybody can see it and laugh at me. Uh, but April 16th in Frederick, Maryland at a place called Cafe 611. I will be opening up for a band called I Set My Friends on Fire. So, um... Okay. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I know, right? <laughs>
0: but um, It sets the tone for the show, I guess. Yeah,
1: I know. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, because I'm technically performing twice that night. Uh, Aoxys, my solo project, is opening the show Um, The other band I'm playing with is Amongst the Triffids. Shout out to Amongst the Triffids, Cameron, Matt. Love you guys. James, love you. And uh, Half Heard Voices, love you guys. Purveyor, love you guys. Um, What else is going on? Well, I'll just say stay tuned for more fun content, more MMA content. I'm actually, and I'll just announce it right now. um, With the Who You Got raps, I will be putting out prediction videos, but I'm also going to be putting out other raps where I rap back and forth between the personas or fighters, like what their skills are and everything. I'll be going from the perspective of one person and then talk and then and uh and then rapping about their skills and then kind of like like a rap battle, but I'm like taking on the skills of the fighters I'm talking about. You'll see, it'll be fun.
0: Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Mm -mm. You guys should all definitely follow. To on social media and catch up with all of his prediction raps and everything else he's doing um the, the reason why i wanted to have you on the show you've got this voice man it's <laughs> like uh not just your rapping voice but like your speak you got this isaac hayes like, <laughs> it's like if isaac oh, hayes man. and buster rhymes had like a voice baby <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, dude. like uh it, it's funny because i remember at my day job when I first started um like working IT, I like I would show up and when I would be like around the corner, people would and talking to someone, people would look around because they're they're looking for like some six four huge dude, like like a bouncer type dude, right? Um, so like I I started realizing it was just a lot simpler for me to talk like this to people. Like it worked as hey guys, you know, I'm Tavon, Tavon McNeil, Tavon Anthony. I, my last name's actually McNeil. Anthony's my middle name. Okay, but it's like, yeah, you know, I'm Tavon McNeil. Uh, how you doing? Whatever, whatever. But then I just start talking normally. <laughs> mm. And they're like, wait a minute, is that you or is this? I'm like, no, this is this is actually how, how I talk.
0: <laughs> I I have the opposite. Like people who know me in real life and then hear mm. me on the podcast are like, Oh, you have this podcast voice, and I, I never realized that I did it, but it's something about like, you know, put this in front of me and mm. Like even my wife is like, I on the rare occasion that she listens to my podcast. She's like, I was listening to your post. So it doesn't even sound like you. <laughs> I'm like, oh. hey, all man. right. Well, hey,
1: look, it, it, it is what it, 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 is. it is. Yeah. Cause, um, both of like my older brothers, my oldest brother, he looks, he looks how he sounds. Cause he's six, three bigger dude. So it's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. Um, my other brother, I have two brothers. Um, my, I call him middle brother. Uh, uh he's his voice isn't all that deep but he's not that big of a guy so it's like okay this makes sense then with me it's just Mm. hey everyone (laughs) or or i'll just or i'll just come around and just be funny just hi and they're like what the fuck
0: (laughs) (laughs) i always Um, i always enjoy those kinds of things like hearing mike tyson talk
1: oh man dude i got a funny story um, not specifically about Mike, it's about a guy that sounds like Mike. So, there is a fighter, <laughs> there's a fighter. Um, his name is Peter Petes, He apparently fought on the contender series, um, mm-hmm. uh, not too long ago. Uh, and that's the guy that made my friend throw up in the cage. Now, I met him in person a couple years later. I was at a smoker event out in, uh, I think Bowie, Maryland, and um, he walked in and I was like,
0: just for those not who who don't come from up north, a smoker event is like an oh, yeah. exhibition. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not- I noticed when I moved to Florida, <laughs> we're going like, high. <laughs> like people didn't know what smokers were. Oh, I, dude. I was like, I would talk about it, and like thinking it was a normal thing. I think it's like a northeast thing. Yeah, but, I think so too
1: because. The first time I said smoker, my mother was just like, "So you're dealing with the weed now?" And I'm like, <laughs> the I'm, like lettuce. "I'm like, mother, no, <laughs> well, not much." Um, let me stop, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, not before yeah, like, yeah no, like, man, what? But uh, yeah, no, I saw him and I was like, "Yo, that's the dude that made my friend like throw up in the cage," and mm-hmm. he's he's pretty jacked for his size, and he like. He wasn't as intimidating as I remember him when I saw him in the cage because he was a lot larger than my friend. But I walked up to him and I'm like, hey, dude, um, can you tell me your name? And he's like, Peter. I was like, get the fuck. <laughs> I was expecting this dude to be like, yeah, man, you know, uh, my name Peter PDS, And uh, <laughs> man, I'm just I'm just so strong. I don't know why I'm so strong. <laughs> like but, <laughs> but no the dude sounded just like mike tyson i'm like yo oh anybody with that voice is just a killer huh
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like that so like you know nature has a way of balancing things out i suppose
1: yeah this is like you can't have everything you can't have everything you can't be super dangerous and terrifying and have a terrifying voice you can't do
0: Fair. that Fair. <laughs> yeah. oh man all right man well usually I keep this show to an hour because I just find like, (laughs) I'm so sorry. That's when people, no, 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 this was good. We've had good conversation. That's why it's gone on. Um, for everybody who's still with us (laughs) here at the, at the two hour and 10 minute Mark, um, which is, you know, double our normal episode time. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, if you want to grab some MMA on the rocks merchandise, you could do so with our friends at team Reaper. As always, I'll put the link in the show notes, uh, Reaper one.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMA 10. That's MMA R O C K S one zero. Save yourself 10% off on your whole order. Whether you are buying our merchandise or not, what you want to get some training gloves or a new gi or whatever a gear bag, whatever uh, throw that promo code on there. Save yourself some cash. Uh, of course I appreciate if you buy our merchandise, but you know, whatever, go buy what you want. It's your money. You earned it
1: Buy the merchandise. Listen, listen to the God voice by the merchandise.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm using that. I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> go ahead. Go, me... for it. go for it. Sample gonna... it. I don't care. Go. <laughs> yeah, I'm clipping that up for sure. Um, Tavon, thanks for joining me today. We should definitely do this again. This was a good time. Good conversation. Enjoy talking about the fights with you. Go follow him. Aoxys on social media. Uh, figure out how to spell it. A- I'll put e- it in the
1: show O-X-I-S. notes. XIS, yes, indeed. There we go. <laughs> Which is funny because AOXIS is an acronym. It I I'm, I'm gonna reveal what that acronym means <laughs> when I drop my album. So have fun.
0: All right. Well, wait for the album. <laughs> until then and until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.